Warning, this podcast contains scenes of explicit nonsense and lore. Previously on the Resident Evil podcast. I know, I can't be arsed with this fight. I'm just going to blow up. And it was brilliant. And I don't regret it one bit. And I found I used stealth loads in this. And so that really helped me enjoy the process. There's got to be a trick to this. I just, I just don't get it. Resident Evil storylines are a bit silly. The, the, the remake train has very much left the marshalling yard. <laughs> so, does it, does it exist in this yeah, version? I was it, that's a poor one, that. If you can actually go back to those moments in the main campaign and see it, then I will, I will I'll do something outlandish. Spoiler alert, you can't. Resident Evil Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 91 of the Resident Evil Podcast. More popular than an Ada Wong piece of DLC, but less popular than the return of a certain sunglasses wearing supervillain. I'm Nick, better known as Neptune. Let's see who's joining us today. This season, you'll mostly find him in a law room. It's the Batman. Hello. He wants to show you something, and he says it's magnificent. It's Stars Tyrant. Hello. He's become completely and locally saturated. It's Romby. Hello. And have you ever noticed how all his buildings end up destroyed? It's George Trevor. Hi. Coming up on this much-prepared podcast in terms of... Our previous listens, we are casting our eye back on all the previous remakes and how they fit into the saga. This won't be a review per se, but we're going to have a general discussion and reflections, hence the name, of those remakes. That includes remake 1, 2, 3, and of course 4. So we're going to be talking the future uh, of the series, the, some, of the, some of the lore canonicity discussion as well. But also just generally the, the saga and how it fits in with perhaps even the wider gaming community as well. We, of course, have some news as well. We are finishing with a special remake-themed quiz. Oh, yes. So stay around for that. But before all that, let's start with the news. First kind of major thing that's happened since the last podcast is the full-length trailer of the upcoming George Romero RE movie documentary has been released by its creator, Brandon Salisbury, who, of course, came on an earlier podcast. Looking devilishly amazing, I think we can all agree. Rombi, I'm going to hand over to you, my friend, as one of the accredited writers on this documentary. Uh, I, I, as I've said online, I, um, I, I honestly, I still continue to be surprised where this project has gone, um, considering that when Brand originally reached out to me out of the blue it was a documentary concept for a youtube audience of like you know 20 minutes or 40 minutes or somewhere in that range and we didn't think we'd get very far with it we thought it would just be a lot of a visual version of telling the same story that was already out there and as the project continued to expand and expand we we learned more and got more i think for people that already know the story they are how do i explain this because i think for people who already invested and know the story they're not going to get any massive surprises out of it and i don't mean that in a negative it's just a 
a, a very condensed version of telling the story. But I think for people that um, don't know the story or want to learn more about the story, it's going to be the perfect opportunity and way to learn it. And, and, and hearing from people that were involved and hearing from people that were in the industry at the time. And also the visual storytelling is which the trailer will show you on how it's told is, is very much uh, both paying homage to the franchise, especially uh, the original Resident Evil 1 and its remake, and also Romero's film work as well. So I, um, I'm looking forward to seeing what the reactions are. I've lost all objectivity on it or subjectivity <laughs> or whatever you want because I'm so involved in it. So I'll be more interested to see what it like what it's like when it goes out into the wild. But um from the reactions to the trailer so far I'm very much enthused and very, very continue to be surprised and shocked and pleased at what Bran has um DOP and the other people working with him, you know, away from what I'm doing, um, which is just, you know, writing, um, have achieved. So very, very, very much looking forward to seeing how that how it resolves when it comes out next year. We're looking at a twenty twenty four release. Yeah, definitely. And um, we might try and get Brian back on here at some point to to talk a bit more about the project, I guess, as well, just mm. before it releases, if if possible, so he can be a bit more specific than I can about that side of things because. All I can talk about is my dealings and and then how that's gone. But yeah, to talk about the actual filming and and so forth is is entirely his his wheelhouse. There's there's we we've we've got conversations with people across the gamut, so it's it's really good. And the scope and constant change because you know we and I I feel like you know if we had another year to do this, it would be potentially an entirely different film yet again because we'd just go out and do more. But you have to kind of put a pin in it somewhere and, and yeah. say this is this is enough because yeah you 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 would just continue to stretch it out and stretch it out and and it's quite a no i say it's a short film it's not short it's not too long either but it's you know it's, it's running gamut and the longer you more people you talk to the longer it ends up being and i see these fan documentaries online and they sometimes end up reaching like multiple parts of like five hours and it's just like it's too much so i think a comfortable kind of two hour maximum is what what we're looking at so certainly looking forward to that it's um going to be a real real treat for people who don't know myself included I, I don't know too much about the history it's not something that i've ever researched intently other than very basic so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to hearing how close we could have been to probably something quite special so we'll have to um keep an eye out for that Next bit of news comes from the murky world of mobile phones uh, with the uh, the release of uh, Resident Evil Village now on iPhone 15 Pro. I think the Max as well, I think it can play it on. This was touted as being a, a very special release for playing something extremely modern on an, on a piece of hardware. I think we discussed on the last podcast. It could, it could be game-changing, but the reviews have started to come out and, uh, Rombie, I know you've had a kept an eye on it yeah i mean the 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 general reaction seems to be positive in the sense that it's you know the the content is all there visually it looks good but the drawbacks continue to be the same thing playing it on a phone is perhaps not the best way to perhaps play it on a there's some discussion i've seen alex mention this but also a couple other people that playing it for extended periods really pushes the the graphics chip that they've put in these phones and so the phones tend to heat up and it eats a lot of battery life and so on and so forth so playing extended periods of the game perhaps isn't the easiest yeah but i i it's it, it seems a very interesting way to play a very close to pc console based game very quickly so i think it's impressive without question but whether or not we're perhaps a little bit early on on doing this sort of thing we'll 
that'll be up to determine how the future is. Expensive though, isn't it? I think it's like, isn't it? it's like sixty dollars to actually download yeah, it's, it. It's full price. It's full priced, and, yeah. and then you're already paying on top of it. You're paying, you know, the the price of the phone as well, which is obviously or the or the iPad or, or whatever you're you're playing on the the Mac. They're all very expensive products, so yeah, you got you got to have the money for it as well. And at this point, I think it it will do well for the future. I'm sure it's a, it's where those will just head. But I think early on, right now, as early adopters, you'll definitely be paying for it. And I think that's the other thing. I mean, I don't think the game prices are going to change. Uh, you know, on release, they're going to be the same. And unfortunately, this is this is a, I'm meaning to derail the concept, but it's that problem with digital downloads versus physical copies. And people say, oh, well, the digital download should cost less, and they should, but they don't. They cost the same as physical copies. And when we stop releasing physical copies of things, those digital costs will go up. They won't go down because they'll be able to justify saying, well, this is the only place you can get them from. So in the future, these, you know, the, the games are going to become $70 or $80 because that's what the market is dictating. And and that's more to do with the development cost. And we've already had just recently, you know, people from Capcom saying the game should cost seventy dollars. Just a lot, a lot of the, the market pushing pushing that. So something I think Sean you mentioned in the last podcast, it, it does run natively on the iPhone, which is by itself extremely impressive. <laughs> you know, this is not a cloud-based kind of Switch version of RE7. This is this is actually running on the iPhone. So. Um... Whether it's the future, who knows? We'll have to we'll have to see. Uh, that does conclude any gaming news we've had, but we can now move over to site news. It's, uh, it's Patreon news. This is this has been quite messy. So I, I don't want to spend too long on it, but people who do follow us on Patreon will know that in the past we've had a Patreon light service. Uh, which is basically similar to like coffee where you just kind of like donate what you want, um, no obligation, anything like that. So that worked really well for us. But Patreon, in their wisdom, decided to get rid of that service. So we've had to switch to a tiered system. But if you head over to our Patreon page, search for Resident Evil Podcast, you'll find us. You'll see that we do have three tiers, lovingly dubbed Nest, Nest 2 and El Nesto. And they've been priced at... One pound, three pounds, five pounds, that may vary different on wherever you're accessing it. But you'll see that the benefits are all the same. Um, we wanted to mimic what we had set up, mainly because it, it worked for us. I know some people have different tiered services and they offer, you know, different uh, rewards for being at a different service. And that's fine. Uh, for, for us, we've always found this to be the perfect thing, uh, the perfect setup. So um, that's why we. That's why it's now in that place. So any existing Patreons, you can rejig your subscription to whichever nest you feel most affiliated towards uh if you're a fancy the spanish nest you can go el nesto but if, if you want the the birkin experience then just stick to nest all support is uh, greatly appreciated as always so i'd like to take this opportunity to thank our newest patrons we've had philos 404 ferdinand van der hack Shoxy uh, Rocks, Brian Mazetsky, Zularex, The Mippy, and Kendo's Pun Shop. Thank you so much for all your help and support uh, and joining. If, as I said, if anyone else is uh, interested, you can head over to our Patreon page. Uh, we do have some more exciting site news, thankfully, uh, and this comes from um, The Batman. Yes, we've had a little update in the law room, this time from Biohazard 5. Um, we've, you can access our law room and you can see uh, we've got a, a, a version of Adam's blog, 
and more importantly, a translation of the BSAA desktop, uh, the remote desktop tra uh, trans uh, translations, which is really exciting because that was a Japanese-only material, kind of in-universe material of, um, and John, you can correct me, but a, of a spy within the BSAA who was kind of tracking what was going on, what the BSAA knew, and that was M. Suzuki, I think. Yeah, that's right, um, a tri-cell spy. Um, as I mentioned last time, it's a, it's a really good read to explain the backstory leading up to the events of the game. explains a couple of things that actually happens in-game as well. For example, like when Chris and Sheva weren't expecting to face BOWs because they'd been given the wrong intel. The reason why is basically explained in this material. Adam's blog, the Kijiju uh, at blogspot.com, is actually still available to view in its native form, but we've just captured a copy of it, um, just for posterity, really, in case it ever gets taken down. Um, but that is to be read concurrently with the BSAA desktop. And then the final piece to come out, which I hope to get out soon, is the um, the BSAA observation diary, which is a bit like the, uh, the Tokyo Maru um, gun pamphlets. It's um, from the perspective of a, a Japanese journalist that's hacked into the BSAA website and is basically um, observing with what's going on uh, down in Kijuju. So that slots in with the, what's happening on, on the desktop as well. So all three of these uh, pieces of material complete the whole backstory leading up to the events of the game. So if people, for people who are interested in the, the lore of Resident Evil 5, um, it's a very, very interesting read. It's a shame a lot of them never got like officially translated because at the time of release, you had quite a lot of out-of-universe stuff going on with promotions. Like if I remember correctly, the kind of seashell is evil campaign and things like that. And there's lots of, going, you know, lots of that type of thing going on. So it's a shame that a lot of it... We got Adam's blog. Which is really good. I really like Adam's blog, but you know, there's, there's a lot missed here. Yeah, but that's sort of been part and parcel of the series since its inception, really. Um, hopefully, the tide's turning a little bit because obviously, with Village, we got the the Baker report, which normally would just be locked away in some obscure Japanese guidebook. And obviously, the translations overall seem to be improving in quality as time goes on. So hopefully, by the time the next game comes around, any sort of supplemental material that appears in japan will also be officially translated into english thank you john as always we'll uh, we'll look out for the further additions to the law room as they drop that is it for the news uh, we therefore turn our attentions to um, the focus of this podcast it's our special resident evil reflections look back all citizens due to the citywide outbreak you were advised to take shelter at the raccoon city police station Marvin Bradley. Thanks. Obviously someone taught you well. Yeah. I know how to take care of myself. Where's Barry? He's... No! 2002, I'll never forget it. The year Capcom retrod old ground with a sublime Resident Evil remake. A game with Shinji Mikami on board creating an updated visual spectacle of the mansion incident. Fast forward nearly a decade and the remake train has 
very much departed the marshalling yard with RE2, RE3, and most recently Resident Evil 4 having been built from the ground up. There's no debate about the quality of these titles, and indeed we do not intend to review them again. We've done that quite a lot over the years, obviously both with Remake 1, 2, and 3, and obviously most recently with 4. Uh, what's more is that these games have sold spectacularly well and arguably not only satisfied older fans of the series, but crucially and perhaps most pertinently brought in new fans as well. So we've often spoken about how Resident Evil as a franchise is still here. We're still here, <laughs> which uh, to, to a lot of amazement of others, I'm sure. But, you know, the series Biohazard as a franchise is still going very strong and it isn't consigned to the survival horror scrap heap. Its formula has been used elsewhere, so we can welcome back Silent Hill 2, of course, getting a remake. Dead Space has recently got a remake, and uh, coming up, I think, uh, perhaps in 2024, Alone in the Dark as well um, is yeah. getting a- another remake as well. So there's a lot of precedent, should we say, that uh, the, the Capcom's formula has been used uh, to great effect in other, other franchises. So today's podcast is more about where these titles fit in the wider franchise itself, so within Resident Evil, but perhaps also in the wider context of the gaming community, because I think, as, as Romby said before, no one's quite done as many remakes as Capcom have in such a short period of time. So we want to reflect on that and you know, how that's impacted upon the franchise as well. And and we are going to be dragging Remake 1 into this as well. So this is not exclusively about the RE Engine remakes. No, uh, this, is, this is also Remake 1, which was the first one, obviously, to, to change uh, perhaps some of the canon, some of the lore, but, you know, really set the groundwork um, for what was to come in the future. And we are going to be touching as well upon the canonical point of view. Um, something which of course remains hotly contested and as these remakes have gone on and on I think objectively it's become blurred as to exactly what is canon so we're not going to delve too much we're just going to point out some of the issues that exist and then kind of reflect upon whether they're important whether there's enough given in the remakes um, or in some cases added to the remakes and just kind of Kind of like talk about you know how that's um, you know impacts the series going forward as well, and you know again largely the question does it really matter? And we're also going to be having a more of a, a jovial look at a, a light-hearted look at the OGs versus remake debate, not not in a, not in a divisive manner, just to see where people's heads at when it comes to particular characterization. And uh, Stars Tyrant has been uh, doing a sterling job on Twitter, compiling um, polls. You know, asking questions about who who prefers what in terms of characterization, and again, it's not really a you know critique of it. It's more of a discussion, as just to see where the fans are, because ultimately we're the people buying the games, you know, and um, you know we we speak with our speak with our wallets, so to speak. So it's just interesting just to see what you know the wider community is saying as well. We also have some call-ins as well, um, uh, which we'll listen to uh, towards the end of our discussion. So it's quite a lot, quite a lot to kind of dig into. I wanted to start off by look, uh, maybe like a brief impression from everyone just as to where you personally sit with the remakes. And again, uh, you know, we've been very open with our, with our reviews. All our reviews, I think, of Remake 2, 3 and 4 have all been very positive, at least in terms of the, you know, the the quality of the game yes there's issues with with all of them as there would be with any game but you know the actual quality of the product that Capcom keep putting out consistently is is very high and that's you know an endemic part of just how successful they've been in in recent times so Batman I want to start with you because you 
focus heavily on the remake, especially with your kind of critical eye in terms of the law. But generally, where, where, how have you found this adoption of remakes? I mean, you can start with remake one, maybe, and just you know how that's evolved for you as, as someone who's very keen on the, the finer points. Remake one for me is probably the definition of a perfect remake, if there is such a thing, because it basically was 95% identical to the original or retained 95% of its content, I should say. You know, the mansion was very recognisable. The rooms were more or less the same, just updated but they bolted on extra areas and you know corridors rooms etc puzzles and but they did it in a very respectful way it was still very very recognizable from the original game likewise the story elements you know they added a few new things updated the characterization a little bit but it was all still very very recognizable and respectable to the original game and there probably wasn't as much pressure on the remake of the original game because it was done by the first uh, sorry the same development team any new content they were going to put in it was taken largely from notes uh, things that were going to be the wanted to include in the original game but didn't for one reason or another and it only came out six years after the original or was it five years i can't even remember it's been that long now so there wasn't really too much in terms of pressure it was all about really the graphical updates i seem to remember back in 2001 when screenshots started appearing in these gamecube magazines everyone was just completely blown away with just how exceptional it looked but these new remakes i mean i kind of want to preface this chat by saying i know we get a bit of a, a negative reputation on this podcast for not liking the remakes and i don't think that's necessarily true you know i challenge anyone to go through our back catalogue and see where we've been particularly scathing about these remakes i think we've all respectfully praised what's good about them and there is a lot that's good about them resident evil 2 remake is is exceptional from a gameplay perspective Resident Evil 3, whilst it was missing content, still has its moments. And I think I've already put, gone on record to say that the Resident Evil 4 remake is an absolute triumph and is now one of the, my favourite games in the series. But my frustrations just come from the fact that because we're getting remakes pretty much all the time now, the series just isn't progressing. And, you know, if these remakes didn't exist, then... It would have been interesting to see where Resident Evil 9, 10 and 11 would have gone, you know, if, if Capcom had brought the characters back and we'd got three brand new games of the same quality that these remakes have been. And and that's really my issue with it, but I can't, you know, deny how successful they all are. It, it really has elevated the series to probably its strongest position. And, you know, I, I, I do, I play them endlessly. So, yeah, I don't really know what else I can I can add. I know I'm droning on a bit here, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword for me. Very, very successful, but... At the same time, you know, I have issues. I was about to say, you know, you you, you raise the point, you know, what could Resident Evil 9, 10, 11 have been like? But at the same time, perhaps, you know, with the precarious state of gaming and the, the, the escalation of costs for gaming, would we even made it there had it not been potentially for the financial success of 2, 3 to an extent, and certainly 4 seemingly flying off the shelves? So it's inter- it is that interesting parallel. George, what about you? What's your overall view of the remakes in terms of where you sit? Obviously, I know your, your first introduction to the series was, was Remake 1, so it'd be interesting to hear what you know your your take on the re engine remakes and you know where you feel that is with the franchise you're you're almost right because that was the resident evil game i first kind of played and immersed myself in by actually briefly uh my introduction to the series and this is where this kind of begins with my issue with the remakes was with the resident evil 2 onto the nintendo 64 but i played it very briefly and thought and, and by the time i literally walked into the rpd thought wow i cannot start this series uh at the uh the second installment i'm gonna have to go back and how this story began but um and and therein lies the issue for me that i remember a day back when 
each instalment, each new instalment of Resident Evil set the bar, set the standard for gaming. You you look at how they managed to squeeze Resident Evil 2 onto that, onto that Nintendo cartridge and then how the remake just blew anything visually and, and and emotionally how you could immerse yourself into the game from how it looked and how it played how the gamecube just blew anything out the water that, that was on the playstation 2 and, and nothing looked better since that game on the gamecube and resident Evil 4 for all its faults again just just set the standard i'm very reluctant to use the word lazy for you know these productions where the teams involved the writers the designers the programmers the developers everyone involved blood sweat and tears into them clearly and they and, and as you quite rightly say these are fantastic video games but i, I think objectively there's no ambition in there and for me, the reason why, and Batman's right, the remake is, is, is by far, the first remake is by far uh, the, the ultimate, the, the, the perfection in terms of, of what it did. Is it's, Batman's was about 95% of the same content, but for me, 100% of the tenets of survival horror. So uh, yes, it was improved upon and things were added on, but it kept the fixed camera angles. It was effectively the same type of engine, whereas these new remakes for me... Uh, they've stripped the originals of their narrative, but they've pasted them over a game engine that I don't enjoy, that I don't find it immersive. We'll come to it. I don't like this third-person perspective with the back obscuring the, the camera because it's, you know, I, I look at a game far back in the day, Shadow Man, where you've got the option to, to pull the camera back so you saw the full character model head to toe. Go, going back to when we first talked about the remake of 2, um, we were concerned if, if just the atmosphere of the original could be translated and just for me i just don't think they have uh, and that's been my main issue with the remakes they are accessible and they've built this community into such a more wonderfully positive community than it, than it was previously and i really enjoy what they've done in terms of that and in terms of survival horror and how i wanted this franchise to progress the remakes really haven't done it for me Star Sergeant, what about you my friend I think I made my thoughts fairly clear uh, in the last episode, so I'm not going to repeat. I'm not going to go on another monologue again, but this isn't where my passion lies when I enjoy any kind of IP. It's not just really, you know, tied to Resident Evil. I, 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 my issue is with remakes in general, and it's inc increasingly sad to me that, as I've pointed out several times, that of the last five big re releases that this series has had, three of them have been remake. I'm not interested in going down memory lane and repeating um, stories I've already enjoyed in slightly different ways or whatever because if i want to enjoy you know an old story i just play it again i'm not interested in seeing reimaginations or or spins on what we've seen already before but i concede to the fact that they are exceptionally good video games i think it's very very good that they are opening the doors to a, a lot of fans to come back which i think is always good I think some people have definitely, you know, had their passion reignited again with, again, just simply just how the level of quality and polish that Capcom apply. I do think Capcom are, you know, getting to be very much industry leading in terms of the consistency of their, uh, you know, their, their games that they're releasing. It's never a bad thing that Resident Evil is is right up there, trailblazing the way. And as we've said before, like you know, how influential Resident Evil 4 original was, you know, we've sort of repeated it again with Resident Evil 2 remake by how much that is, as you've said, Nick, with all the survival horror remakes and everything like that, it, it's, it's trailblazer again. And, you know, the fact that it's our beloved little series that, that's doing that is, is great. It's just, I find it hard to be passionate about these kind of things. I, I have to have a, a sort of a wrestle with myself when we do like, you know, the, the remake review because I have to try and be as impartial as I can without letting my passion run away with it, which is which is why I got on the monologue last time. So, yeah, you know, I will spare everybody that, that trauma this time. But yeah, I think, they, I think they're great for what they, they have achieved. 
and I'm I'm pleased they're good quality product, but I can't wait to just get to something new again. I really can't. And some spin-offs. Let's have some spin-offs again. I don't want to put words in your mouth, Sean, but um, has is does that view extend to the original remake, RE1 remake? Um, I um, think over, over time you've started to prefer the original a bit more. Yeah, I mean, there was always aspects of the original I preferred, but I'm sure if people were to go back on the Wayback Machine and trawl out old posts of you know Resident Evil horror back from 20 years ago, I very much was one of the people that was... It's it's considerably better game, and I still hold to that. I think it is a better... It's a well... It's a better made game. My love of the original just comes from the the very strange aesthetic that, like we've said before, the sort of almost frozen in time dollhouse aspect of the original mansion, which I actually think has aged better than the haunted house aspects of the remake mansion, which to me feels it almost feels tropey. Still amazing, don't get me wrong. Remake the the, the original remake, the two thousand and two remake, is the quintessential Resident Evil game. Like they'll probably never better in terms of just how raw the Resident Evil. Experience experiences in that but it's it's pure nostalgia that is the reason why i prefer the original and i accept that you know yeah i'm going to lead into rob with his brief uh, brief impressions as well simply because batman mentioned it in his discussion point when remake came out there, there, there was no issue about it being remade and i distinctly remember people just being very accepting of the fact yes the original needed a, almost like needed a remake you saw those first images, and you were like, "Yes, yes, this this is this is bringing it up to speed." Rob, was that, was that your kind of recollection of events, and how did that how for you? How has that kind of differed with RE two and three going forward? I mean, that that is accurate. I mean, Sean's kind of alluded this to. I think everyone's alluded this to a little bit as well. But it kind of felt more like that was the fundamental of what the game always wanted it to be. Like that was the difference. It wasn't like it was a remake for the purposes of just doing a remake. It was like, right, we're remaking this because it the the Advancement in technology allows us to reach what we originally had as some sort of vision of what this game could be. And so all of a sudden the quality of the background renders, you know, increased and the the fidelity, the, the character movements, the audio, the voice acting, all those things kind of were improved wherever possible. And the bits that were not able to be included in the original for whatever reason were able to be expanded and included upon. And they were able to achieve essentially a, a, a realized version um, and whether or not, as Sean alluded to, he, he is the nostalgia for the original game, but at least you know he admits that it's a, it, it is the quintessential experience of what it is. And I think that's really what the intent of that remake was. And I think that's why everyone's reaction to it was so positive. And I think that's the difference between the that remake and the remakes that are subsequently made is that they're, they're not, so I want to say they're not remakes of necessity. They're not in the same concept. They're not the same people trying to remake the same game. And in fact, the developers of the remake of admitted that their original attempt was going to be a, a straight-up remake and then they decided, no, the original exists, let's do something different with it, which inherently tells you it's not really a full remake at all. It's a, a it's what we've talked about before. It's a reimagining. It's a, it's a retaked version. And I think fundamentally that's the difference between why our reaction to the later remakes is over the original, is that they're not ones built of some sort of level of necessity to improve the original. They're intended to be different. And I feel like that's why they can be both good games and great experiences, but also bad remakes because they aren't technically remakes anymore. They're taking the core concepts and the core fundamental 
baseline storyline or characters and kind of twisting and changing them into new settings and that that's where people get nervous about like you know konami's outsourced a silent hill 2 remake and everyone's like well you know the original was a pretty classic survival horror title like if they skew too far away how much does that change and i think that's the same thing we can talk about here is like do these remakes how much do they feel true to their source and how much they change if you look at the original very close if you look at two and especially three they are quite varied and then four kind of toes the line back towards being a bit more authentic in some respects and i think that's why it gets a, a bit of pass from people interesting interesting i think i can't i can't quite recall you uh, anyone else can probably jump in after the release of remake one i don't specifically recall a big clamoring for a a new remake two at the time I think it was more to do with the fact that you got to look at the context of the space. You know, Mikami had made the decision to partner with Nintendo. There was definitely a discussion at the time when the announcement of One's remake was coming, and obviously four that they were like, "Why is two and three not being remade?" Because they were just getting ports. Hmm. So that was definitely true. But I think what really killed it was the fact that the sales didn't particularly do very well, and I think that's where people were more looking forward to a sequel at the time. I think. Had they been sold absolute gangbusters, the sort of enthusiasm we've seen with Resident Evil 2 remakes selling really well and then making more remakes would be what they would have done 20 years ago. You know, they would have said, oh, the remake of one's done really well, let's remake two. But there was also less things to remake at this stage. You had, you had one, two, three, Code Veronica, and Zero hadn't even come out. So yeah. I think in context of time. Mikami also said at the time that if they remade Resident Evil 2 and 3 and Code Veronica, then Resident Evil 4 would just be endlessly delayed. And his focus mm. was just on getting Resident Evil 4 out at the time. 100%. It was also it's also worth pointing out that like when the remake came out or you know was in the process of coming out, we had another game to look forward to, which was Zero. You know, we're not in an era anymore of like several announced RE titles. We we pretty much just live the next one that's coming out. And when, when all you're getting is remakes, for people like me, there's very little to look forward to beyond it just being a good gameplay experience. It would be very different if I, you know, and I know Resident Evil 9's going to be around the corner at some point. I know that, but it might not be because of how well these remakes are doing. You know, and th- there will be some. Some executives somewhere in a Capcom office going, this is going really well, guys. Do we really want to knock this momentum? You know, look at the internet. People are, people are crying out for Resident Evil 5. They, they, or Code Veronica, you know, we've got license to print money here. Let's, let's just delay 9 for another couple of years and let's get another remake going while this train's going well. You know, and that's, that's my fear. What I was thinking was kind of alludes to that. The feeling at the time, it just felt like Capcom was so much more, it just felt so much more visionary. Because I think, as you mentioned, there were multiple titles planned, I think, zero and four. Because I'm sure I remember very early on in game in, in Cube magazine, uh, screenshots of both sort of early development shots of zero and, and you know, the 3.5 build of, of four, both. Oh, sort of, of course. Yeah. And it just felt, and I think at the time, weren't they planning, very, you know, I think forward, I think three or four titles on on the GameCube with Nintendo. But it just felt so much more visionary Capcom. And the, but, you know, I suppose, you know, it is what it is that the series was kind of in that almost de- developmental, you know, early birth stage where it was going forward. But now, yeah. Well, let's let's just quickly, just as an aside, I'll walk you through what was happening at the time. So you've got, you had Code Veronica had come out on the Dreamcast, and of course, then they ended up releasing the X version on PS2. 
That was in 2001. Then Mikami comes out that same year, later that year, and says we're moving all Resident Evil development to the GameCube. Then there was the Capcom 5, and they were, in in theory, all very original titles. GT, you're 100% right. They were visionary concepts where developers had the chance to make some unique games, and that's where, like, PNO3 came from, and Beautiful Joe. Yep. Killer Seven. The only one that didn't happen was the uh, what was it? The Phoenix game, and they all came out. And Resident Evil Four was part of that. And of course, as John's also said, you know, Mikami did say we can't do remakes two and three because if we don't, if we do those, then and Code Veronica comes out, and we, we the inevitable is that it pushes back for longer and longer, which is why they got ports. And then they ported two and three to the the Dreamcast prior to that when they thought the Dreamcast might work. So it wasn't like Capcom wasn't really pushing itself out there. And then, of course, then there was the Nintendo side where they had put Resident Evil 2 on 64 and Zero was originally supposed to come out. Then it got moved to the GameCube project, and that had already been rumored that was happening. So, of course, when they came out and said that, it wasn't too much a surprise. The remake of one was the surprise. So all these things were fostered this kind of like, yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on, but it all kind of eventually led to like PlayStation getting a lot of the side stories and releases of mainline games after the fact. And the GameCube kind of got the original releases and, and you know, until the HD ports in 2015, Zero and Remake basically just were only ever available on GameCube, and that's where they stayed so it was one of those weird things where it limited sales and they never decided to port them to any other consoles so it's very much a, a, of, a, of its time and i guess these all kind of factored into how you know the, the franchise existed but yeah and, and as sean has alluded to we don't have side stories we don't have like spin-offs we don't have those sorts of things anymore either we have just the mainline new titles and we have remakes and that's where all the resources and energy going but i think this is fundamentally part also of the industry which is the industry right now is very much focused on the same things as, as like maybe even film franchises, established IPs, sequels and remakes. That's basically it. Like, and you, it's very hard to even get original games off the ground. And when they do, they're very big risks. So if you look at Capcom this year, Exa Primal, like risky title to release, has it done well? Doesn't seem like it. But they took a stab in the dark. Whereas old Capcom would probably do several of those a lot of years just to see what they can make. It, the costs of game development have just gone up so mm. much that it's a risky proposition. And I think that's part and parcel of why we're seeing more so many remakes too, because it's established history. You've got perhaps a sure bet. If you do it well, you get a series of successful remakes like Capcom. If you don't do it very well, you might get one really good one. And then if it doesn't particularly rate well, sales will be great for the first one because everyone rushed out to buy it on release. But then it turns out to be not so great. You won't get another one. So you have to be very careful. I think it's, it's an interesting time. But I don't think um, it's going to eat. Uh, you know, I just wanted to very quickly add to that point with regard to the expanded universe titles. What's frustrated me about the remakes and and the focus and and you, you know the production time that, that that it's taken going down that route is that some of the more kind of experimental gameplay that that we've had. You know, Capcom can take the risk and take a chance. You know, with those expanded titles, and and those are actually the ones that I'm playing more than the remakes, and uh, I do miss them for that reason. You know, you had Resident Evil Dead Aim. Uh, where you had, you know, the um, the different perspective in terms of going to first person in combat and and the third person for exploring Revelations Two, to date probably my favourite of of any title that Capcom have, have brought out on the Resident Evil franchise over the last fifteen years almost. So that's what what I really do miss the fact that you can kind of actually take that time and and do a bit of more experimental gameplay with those side titles, the expanded universe, uh, which we just haven't had. I mean, how long for how long have people been? lamenting uh, and wanting Revelations 3. Uh, well, I was going to come back to you, Rob, but I was going to say, I think you make a really good point about the, the, the cost of gaming de- of developing a game now has risen so much. And mm. 
Capcom have a really good reputation <laughs> with the Resident Evil series. A lot of the, the fluff, if you want to call it that, the stuff that perhaps we like, you know, for various reasons, like the dead aims and the outbreaks, you know, they're not popular games in the wider gaming community and but they're they're kind of like forgotten about but the actual main core series from like zero ish you know from one two three four five six seven eight you know these are quintessentially successful uh products and there will be a reluctance now with the cost of development being so high you know perhaps those risks will be reduced in terms of spin-offs going forward the, the irony of that is though capcom has actually been one of the few companies i could definitely say has benefited from both scale because like this franchise it doesn't come as a shock if you if you read alex's book or look around there are parts of this franchise where it could have fallen over and one of those elements is that hasn't that hasn't really been talked about too much is the post resident evil 6 era Revelation saved this franchise. Six did not go as expected. In the long run, it's managed to have leaks, mm. surprisingly, and I think that's just to do with the strength of the fran- franchise as a brand. But at the time, it was nobody knew what they were doing with it. But the thing was, Revelations came out on 3DS, and then they did a, decided to do a, a home console HD port, and they both sold way better than expected. The fact that both of those sold very well that actually convinced people at Capcom that the franchise still had momentum. And it was only because of that that the series really continued on in its stead. And then Revelations 2 is a perfect example where they went for a budget title and they managed to produce something under a very fixed, you know, strict budget. And it sold, again, better than expected. It did quite well. So it's not like Capcom can't set a lower budget title and have you know lower expectations and have them met or exceeded. It's just the decisions right now is that game development is generally quite expensive and they're going through the same things, which is the move that the movie industry is, which is like the best way to guarantee massive success is to throw a big budget at one title or a very small number of titles and bet the farm on all of them. It just helps that also Capcom's in a very good financial position to be able to do that at this stage. Whereas, you know, Capcom maybe 25 years ago, probably not so much, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one. It's, it's, there are definitely development studios that are in the point where the only risks they want to take are the ones that they guaranteed to make triple mm. return or double return. Capcom, as I said, luckily probably in that position where they could actually take some more risks but don't want to because obviously that reduces potential profitability and that's just where they're at right now. Are remake, more remakes inevitable? Yes, that seems pretty pretty right. Sean's you know visual concept of like a, a person in a, in a boardroom right now talking to other people and saying these are going well and and that, you know this is basically the ability to print money for if we do these on the same level of quality, then they definitely become profitable. Let's keep the train going. Makes 100% sense. And I'm sure that's exactly what's happening. It helps their shareholders. It helps the company grow, you know, like, uh, think, but it does mean, yeah, we lament new, newer titles and new original ideas too. But then again, it, it, it goes back to this weird point of you know, what, what, what does one expect from a remake? I suppose fundamentally you're expecting, you know, fixing perhaps issues that arose in the original and I, I i'm thinking of four personally with this i mean i personally think that resident evil 4 remake is a better game than the original in pretty much every conceivable way now that doesn't for me diminish the original because it's it's just you know it is a video game darling and it absolutely set the tone for the for video games uh, or, or of similar ilk for the next decade or so but I just think Remake 4 is the perfection of the RE engine. 
and the accessibility of it is unparalleled. There's something that is, it, 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 I don't know, I was saying this to George of, uh, just before we started, actually. Because they are a similar setup, I think is probably the best way of doing it. You know, you, you pick up the original Resident Evil 4, it looks the same, you know, in terms of visual connectivity to the remake. So it's that third person over the shoulder remake, if you want to say, you know, game, if you like. And equally with the remake one and the original, it's a third-person pre-rendered background type of game, and you you can see it's the same type of game. Mm. It's a bit like the re- original game and the remake, it fixes a lot of the issues that you perhaps have. You know, quick turns back, as John said in his introduction, better animations, better better voice acting. Everything is that little bit nicer, a little bit uh, slicker, and it improves the storyline tenfold. Well, am well, I talking? That, am I to- am that, I talking that's... about remake one or four? Yeah. yeah, well, this this is the fundamental thing to me. I think that's why, say, two and three perhaps aren't as two's done very well successfully, and I think people enjoy it as a game. But I think as a remake, you the the RPD definitely feels accurate, but the narrative is quite trimmed back in some places. And then the further you go into the game, the more it doesn't feel like a remake of the original. It's 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 more like a inspired by the original. And whereas, yeah, remake one akin to its original is an is like an updated and improvement it's like its original 10 four is the closest thing we've had to an actual of the modern era of a remake that actually feels akin to its original but it doesn't the fundamentals are different it's going back to what i said in the early part of mine which is that the people who worked on the remake of one mostly worked on the original game and this was about a chance to reach the ideal version of that game what they would like to have done if they'd been able to do it six years earlier this is not the case this is someone Mm. still taking the original and remaking it but i think the caveat is that they've gone back to the original game and said you know what this won a lot of game of the year awards for a good reason and it's really hard to not break or change much of this so we have to look at ways that we can what we what we can improve or what can be modernized but what can't we change because that's fundamental to its original i think that's the difference and part of that also is the fact that all these modern remakes two three four base themselves off the same perspective that four had which is the over the shoulder kind of action focus direction so fundamentally by design sticking with that core concept you are not far far removed and i think that's the core difference between say the two and three remakes is that the perspective and action gameplay has changed drastically over the originals whereas as you said correctly four is not and mm. i think that that is one of the core tenets of, of that if, had they remade two and three the same style as remake one and done camera angles and and you know that same sort of gameplay like the originals had on the ps1 ports um then yeah you'd fundamentally think that maybe two and three felt more closer to the originals and i think that's one of the biggest changes i agree i think i think that is a you know a valid point in in that fundamental difference i just wonder i mean i this is the problem though if they had done a remake two and three in the style of remake one i just don't think it would have sold i think it would have mm. been no i 100 agree and this is this is where it's going to get interesting if they remake something like code veronica because code veronica is a bit of a hybrid it has some fixed camera angles, but it also has dynamic camera angles. And so it's going to be very interesting to see how that appeals if they go for the over-the-shoulder kind of same style because there are parts of that game that do definitely have that sort of feel. But then there's also parts of that game which have fixed camera angles. So mm. it's kind of a both-worlds concept. I think, I think there is a consistency in certainly the RE Engine remakes about improvements to things like characterizations 
enemy models. I mean, that it's part and parcel. But I mean, a lot of the characters have been written differently with a lot more depth. Even even someone who has no screen time in the original, like Murphy Seeker, he gets a little bit of action in Remake Three, and it's very much appreciated. Just to give that little bit of you know that little bit of story, Nikolai gets a lot more going on. Uh, we've often praised you know Remake Two Marvin is brilliant. I mean the the actual in, performance. Inherently, is this, inherently, this is the dichotomy, right? Like you've got really good character moments, very fleshed out characters, but then in a much more simplified narrative sense. So we gain character um, dynamic and we gain character motivation, we gain character influence and timing and all that sort of stuff. But then we lose like the dynamic of like the scope of the story. Like one of the classic things about two is the original computer remake is the amount of interaction between Leon and Claire. It feels like it's very much downplayed in the remake. There's not a lot of their back and forth. Whereas in the original, there's a, there's times where they, they just radio each other about things and stay in touch as best as possible. Whereas in the remake, they kind of see each other at the start and fundamentally don't really contact each other much until the end of the game. And it's, it yeah. feels like a very different dynamic between those characters. But the characters they interact with in their own narratives, definitely much more interesting. Like the stuff with Leon and Ada, kind of much more interesting. The stuff that Claire goes through with Annette and Sherry, much more interesting. So you gain, but you also lose. And that's that's the difference, I think, as well with these with these remakes, is that you you get a different narrative and sometimes you benefit things, but then other times you kind of lament what you don't get anymore. Like I just say, you have this funny moment at the end of remake two where Claire goes, Leon, this is Sherry. And he's like, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, and you're like, it's like, because he didn't set that dynamic up early on that there wasn't a radio call where yeah. you know, Claire right over and said, I've, I've, I've come across this girl. She's the daughter of one of the, one of the umbrella scientists or something like that. And enough to give you enough of a clue. And, and the same dynamic exists even like we, we, we've seen with, with three and remake and, and four as well, like certain things that have changed that make sense, but in, in the larger scale don't. And, and even in, when we were look, looking at separate ways the last episode, like some of the things between Ada and Whisker and how those have changed, mm. you know, even well, yeah. just Whisker being on the island, you know, like these things change a, a fundamental dynamic, but they don't necessarily change the narrative. They just change the circumstances situational. And it's tough. I, d- I don't think either is right or wrong. One of the One of the more important ones for me is that in the original Resident Evil 2, Claire's entire motivation for being the city is to find her brother. And that motivation seems entirely gone <laughs> in the remake 2 version. It's like she gets there and she makes the phone call and then that clears up the situation. She doesn't ever question it again. Now she's just in Raccoon City. Yes, yeah, that's true. And it's I like, think... well, hang on. That was the crux of her character motivation and she doesn't find that answer until she arrives at the star's office and her and Leon meet and they back there again and that dynamic scene is really good, and that would have been a really good one to have back in the remake, but they didn't. One, one, one of one of the fans' favourites, really, the the stars office scene. I mean, there's a lot of, as you said, Rob. There's a lot of personal favourites, you know, and you know, personal preferences to what you prefer, and that leads us nicely into what Sean, you've been up to do up doing on Twitter with your, uh, you know, asking the community about who they prefer, what characterizations they prefer. Uh, right across um, the RE Engine franchise. So uh, I'll hand over to you, Sean, uh, and t- to reveal all. Mm-hmm. 
Well, the, the fundamental thing about this was it wasn't about trying to establish, you know, any kind of controversy or anything like that with regards to saying one was def definitive over the other. It, this was one of the reasons why they weren't like Twitter polls as such. I asked people what their preference was and I wanted to know why. So obviously yeah. we can we can generate a percentage, but I also just wanted to get a general feel. There, some of the results are fascinating and some are very obvious. So if you're talking about like strictly Resident Evil 2 for the moment, then I can tell you that of all the character polls, the OG won out 66% over the remake, which is really, really interesting. The only character that were that the community, the fandom on Twitter, on my personal Twitter as well, it's not it's not a, a, a total reflection of the fan base, because I do appreciate that people who follow me on Twitter probably do so because you're of similar like mind and things like that. So I'm not saying that this is carte blanche, <laughs> um, you know, reflection of the, the community. But the only character that... Um, one out over the remake. Take a guess in remake in remake two specifically. Take a guess. Ooh, I I would say Irons. That would that would be my shot. My person. I think so, uh, Irons. OG Irons is better. Uh, OG Irons was seventy eight percent over the remakes of twenty two. Most people said they prefer the subtler, less obvious evil approach, but a couple noted that remake Irons could almost come across as normal, which is chilling in its own way. And this interesting comment was also that remake Irons leans into the more obvious. Because we already know knew his role within the game, given its remake status, which I think was an interesting point to make. There's no mystery if everyone's already played a version of the story before, so they can lean into him just com being completely insane. Well, th so this is kind of what I was saying before about the you, you. It's the expectations of what you've got in a remake, yeah. as opposed to what you do know and you don't know. If you've never played it before, you won't know what to expect. So. Mm. So that was an that's an interesting one. Each each little character thing has. A, I'm not going to read every single one out tonight, by the way. So don't. It's not just going to be me talking for ages. But if anyone wants me to pull out a specific one, we'll go. But the only character in re remake two. Oh, it's got to be Marvin, isn't it? It is Marvin, yeah, with a <laughs> massive eighty-five percent over the original. So from from performance to characterization, the remake beat the original in a landslide. People did lament the loss of the RE one exposition because obviously he doesn't give you that in remake two, and quite a few people said that they they lost the context that Marvin establishes in the original game, where he basically gives you a Cliff Notes version of the mansion incident. We have alluded to on previous episodes that this was likely done intentionally. So people can come into any of the remakes without the baggage. Inherently, this is one of my f my personal frustrations with the remakes is that there was an ability here to con connect this remake verse a lot more consistently. And I've said this before, and this was one of those missed opportunities to me. And the irony also, I've just realized thinking as you said that, Sean, is that as people know, the original Resident Evil 2 was not the original Resident Evil 2. There was the original modern police station. And one of those reasons that got scrapped was the scenario writer they got in to come and review it, um, Sugimura, uh, he looked at what they'd done already and he said, this doesn't feel like the original and it also doesn't have the connective tissue. And he was the person who said, you need to create connections. He's the one that made clear the character and said she can be the sister of Chris because it gives you a direct connection and yeah. then her looking for um, her brother. And one of those other fundamental things was to make sure that there was a discussions or mentions of the mansion incident in the narrative of the second game, which is why Marvin mentions <laughs> that what happened. Interestingly, both of those things are completely missed from the remake. <laughs> so it's like they should have probably listened to what the original notes were about why they even made Resident Evil 2 the version it was. But, you know, never mind. Different team working on it. That's it. That's mm. the other fundamental difference. 
So you're saying every all the fans who voted all preferred OG characters over the remake in RE2. Yeah, and except, it wasn't except, even except the, the, the only two, other two exceptions was Sherry and Annette, which was straight fifty-fifty. Interesting. Sherry gets a lot more to do, obviously, in remake two. Yeah, and so then it's fleshed out too. So, so for the write-ups of Sherry and Annette, we've got so for Sherry, which is fifty percent, you know, against fifty, obviously. People found the remake version a lot more realistic and believable, but lamented the remake's lack of communication with Leon as as well as not feeling a link of remake Sherry to wider lore. Some people said she didn't necessarily feel like the character she becomes in Resident Evil 6. I mean, hindsight's wonderful in that sense. I don't, I, I don't know whether you could necessarily even go back to the original and say that, though, to be honest. No, mm. no. She, so many years have passed, she is basically essentially a different character. But it's interesting that people felt the need to point that observation out. And then for Annette, people found the remake version far more believable. Yep. With the original picks being down more down to nostalgia or appearance. Response definitely favoured the remake despite the equal split in the results. So like, although the vote is straight 50-50, the the, the flavour you get in the comments was that people did lean more toward the remake version of Annette, which which I guess again is fine because these characters are expanded. The, The fidelity and the sheer wealth of motion capture and all this kind of stuff does lead to more believable characters and as we get into Resident Evil 3 remake, you're going to see this in a really big way. I, I just wonder if perhaps if Remake 2 had had that B, proper B scenario, we might be in a slightly different ballpark with a lot of these you know, mm. characterizations. Just because you know it, it is essentially the same. Yeah, you've got Claire's and Leon's, but the variance isn't significant, whereas at least a B scenario, you got to see a lot more. Um, I just wonder whether that had happened. And I, I think I mentioned it in the last podcast, I think the beauty of Separate Ways um, remake, if you want to call it that, it, it really showed up remake to a little bit as to what put... won out seventy percent over seventy percent. Wow! And the main reason why people didn't like the remake angle in my comments again, this is not a reflection of the overall fandom. This is just what people have told me. The FBI angle didn't work for them, and the lack of a connection to John. So again, it again. The fans that have these issues seem to lament the loss of connected material. And we've seen that in both Ada and Marvin. I don't know. I mean, on the one sense, I kind of applaud that approach. That when you've got a series as old as, old as this, that has all the supplementary material, all the, the lore that comes in from Japanese sources and things like that. Maybe, it, for me, it's not what I want. Because I, I absorb the lore, you know, and I, and I love all the little references and... and easter eggs and not shameless easter eggs like really cool ones like you know operation javier getting mentioned in remake 4 is 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 good to me did they maybe go a bit too hard on remake 2 as you've said rob to not have any connective tissue at all like do you do you you guys feel ada's character was harmed by not having the john link or is it pointless putting that in because to so many people they wouldn't even understand what that meant now I don't. I don't think it would be stupid to put it in because the people don't understand it. If you add it, it contextually doesn't. You don't need to understand it. It's just extra if you do get the reference. But I think the characterization would still be the same. But it's yeah. It's 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 odd. It, it, they do feel 
like one of their goals they made with these was to kind of feel like they were mostly self-contained and then it's only as the more remakes have been made like four now has to actually fit some sort of wider narrative because they realized that that's what four actually did in its original guys um not on original release but obviously the ps2 era one yeah it's a bit of an odd one and I, but as i said it's it's even weird that they don't even connect between themselves obviously they made the decision to remake three while two was still happening and while yes a different development studio kind of ended up working on three for them that still doesn't mean the planning couldn't have had those two things better connected mm. i liked how also you know they post patch went back and added jill's diary into two for the three coming out is almost like it was like a, a, a an idea of that what how that could have been they could have had that originally that file originally in there and it wouldn't have made any difference it would have just been a nice little easter egg and then it would have made more sense when you had the three but it would have been more interesting if there was a cut scene where there was relevance for i don't know yeah rant i was gonna say but i was interested to hear batman's view on oh, on yeah, the yeah. kind of ada's law point as well um and then i've got something to add after that yeah i mean i i missed the connective tissue to the first game and it's these little changes the make they've made throughout these three remakes that i just find completely baffling you know things like the changes to krauser's character and the fbi thing with ada in particular i mean why change it i mean i don't understand how it benefits the story to change it do you know what i mean these these weird changes they make and they just don't seem to make make it any better I just find it utterly bizarre, these, these crazy little changes they've made throughout these three games. I would add as well, though, that I, I don't think Remake 1 is, is immune from this criticism as well, because, Rob, you've just mentioned about, you know, 2 and 3 were being made at the same time. You know, I, I think we've pointed out a, a couple of minor geographical continuity errors between 2 and 3 and some bit of fire on you know building on fire and got little things like that which is not too bad but let's be honest remake one and zero they both games are being developed at the same time and for all how great remake is that could and should have been tied in better to zero you know we could have had better clues as to maybe like oh there's some mucus here in a lab what's this you know just some environmental hint like that and rebecca's characterization between zero and one is still quite different substantially and i know when they were making remake one they wanted to keep it quite pure to the original game but when you've got that opportunity when you know there's something that's going to be directly tied into that product i think i i think they should have done it and i think it's without doubt my greatest criticism of remake one is that they didn't tie it into zero as well as they should have done. Well, they didn't tie into tie it at all, really. I'm not sure. Is Marcus even mentioned in any of the f- files in remake one? I don't think. No. I'm trying to think. I don't think he is at all. You no. know. And that that retcon. Well, I know zero isn't a remake, but that's an early example of the messing with the storyline. Um, you know, the whole retcon with the T virus leak in the mansion with the Queen Leech and James Marcus. You yeah. know, stuff like that. The retcons. That's what harms the law, and that was my biggest fear about what these remakes were going to do to the storyline george what about you have you got any comments on the um before we move on to remake three's answers do you have any comments on the you know some of the subtle law changes in remake two i'm not overly qualified to speak about this because i I, I mean it speaks to my real disconnection with the whole format and how that narrative presented to i mean I i just think time and time again capcom are neglecting to see that they have such a fantastic and rich law you know we we talk about how james marcus was literally an invention for for zero i i just think they they all had it and i suppose if, if we were going to have this 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 remake with two which for me was almost more of a reimagining just in terms of how disconnected i felt the whole presentation and the atmosphere and the feeling was from from the original it, it could have maybe explored things in further detail that weren't 
so much alluded to in the original, but I think a good example of that is Marvin. And that is a great example of how it was improved. Mm. Uh, I thought that was great, you know, in terms of, of getting that additional story. And, and then we saw with the D- DLC that, that that encounter with, was it Brad? Yeah. Oh, wait, yeah, um, yeah, in th- yeah, no, yeah. That was in three. That was in three. Yeah, it was in three, sorry, in yeah. three, sorry. No, I can't think of anything significant, to be honest with you, law-wise, that, that I, I, I found objectionable. As I say, I think just more emotionally with it and, and how I was ex- feeling with it, experiencing it as a video game, I, I, I was just too far disconnected, you know, to kind of, um, yeah, to be that engrossed in, in comparing and contrasting. Because you, you haven't connected with the game itself because of, as you said, mentioned earlier, some of the, you know, that ang- camera angle, mm. that's not for you. And that's fair, you know, absolutely fair, fair point if, if, if that doesn't I mean, float your boat. So you haven't felt that the, 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 the fans' lore issues that do arise in certain certain sections where, you know, you can say, well, I, I've personally had issues over the geography of, say, like Nest. And when people have called it Nest, well, like, it's, it's not Nest. It's nowhere near Birkin's Lab. Does Birkin's Lab even exist? Is that you know? There's been some discussions about the the Birkins lab that you see in Zero. Is that now a different lab to Nest? You know, or is it supposed to be the same I mean, kind of thing? Yeah, I'm having horrendous flashbacks to Operation Raccoon <laughs> City when you're talking about yeah. this. And I think that that's the problem. Maybe I my I was just just sort of too tunnel visioned in terms of how I want to look and how I wanted the narrative to be presented because. I yeah no I, I I just didn't you know I, I just wasn't connected to that retelling of the story. Perhaps that's an easier way to go then, folks. <laughs> oh, the... and I just wanted to very quickly say I'm, I'm sort of further from that and this suggestion. I think was it Peter Fabiano at the time that you know said that you know both you know yeah and so I think again it's whether perhaps you should I should be more open minded. I just wasn't really I just didn't feel that this the law the canon needed to be represented in, in, a, in a further retelling. And so for, for me, the original always stands. Hmm. Interesting. I was surprised at the, the lack of ambition when they approached the law in Remake 2, how self-contained it was. And, you know, it's been well documented, the dis- disconnect between the original Resident Evil 2 and 3. And Capcom really had a, an opportunity here to gel them together properly. And, you know, you could argue that they weren't successful at all. I mean, they're still plenty of continuity errors like the the fight with nemesis on the top of the construction tower you know that tower isn't even there in uh, the remake 2 version of raccoon city and little things as well like there's no mention of the ubcs in remake 2 you know there's no ubcs corpses anywhere just little things like that i'm surprised they didn't go with you know that's that's been my biggest bugbear of these remakes in terms of law resident evil 4 is the exception to that because resident evil 4 was fantastic but Resident Evil 2 and 3, disappointing that they didn't do as much with the lore as what they really should have done, especially because they've got all this material that was already pre-written that they could have implemented and what holes they could have fixed. But instead of doing that, they chose to either ignore it or cut it out altogether. Stars Tyrant, the move so, on to Remake 3. Oh no, I was just going to I'll wrap up oh. RE2. Yep. So with the remaining polls, um, we've got Monsters and BOWs, and I've actually got an, a confession here. I've just realised, reading back through the list. Uh, Liquor, OG, 100%. Really? Lovely. Got one vote for the remake, Liquor. Unbelievable. Birkin, 100%. Despite people saying positives about the remake iterations, including even preferring a couple of specific phases, on the whole, people exclusively selected the original, with a couple of commentators saying that even with the technical limitations of the era, PlayStation 1, obviously, they made something truly special and unique in the Birkin encounters. I would agree with that. Yep. A couple of honourable shout-outs for the two users who replied with Darkside Chronicles. Thank you. It wasn't within the parameters, but you, you, you go, guys. <laughs> God, that's <laughs> awful in Darkside Chronicles. I, soundtrack, I, 
OG seventy eight remake actually had more than more ground here than I thought it would do. It's a Locations. good soundtrack. You just can't hear it. That's the <laughs> yeah, yeah. Locations. This is where this is one of the only other. Oh, and the confession was I didn't do a poll on uh, zombies, so I'm actually going to give that to the remake, since people generally uh, regard the remake to zombies as the best zombies in gaming ever. Mm. Uh, you know, so I'll that. give that one to the remake. Location. This is a, this is interesting. Go on. RPD. Fifty three percent to the remake. Wow. Oh. Really? And, it, and it's it's down to the more realistic and more logical layout. The fact that it has bathrooms, the fact that it has a main hall, that makes sense. That you don't have to go around like, you know, a fire escape and half a wing just to get to the, the waiting room. I think I would have voted for the remake in that poll. I think yeah. that's one of the biggest triumphs of Remake 2 is the police station, I think. Yeah. It makes a lot more sense, fundamentally. Even the rooms that is rooms now make sense as locations. I think people like the remake one as well, because like people still people said in the comments, there's enough recognisable DNA of the original in there. Mm. It you know, feels it, still, yeah, I'd agree with that. The sewer OG won that by sixty-two percent because people felt the remake too dragged. Mm. The G Burton Chamber like... was a big highlight for people, but the loss of marshalling yard was notably mentioned. Yeah, yeah I'm not surprised at that at all. Uh, and then Nest. Well, if if any, if, if, well, don't remake zero percent in favour of Nest two. No, shut up. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm <laughs> just kidding, Nick. It's 92% in favour of the original. Oh, thank Christ. Well, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> Nick, Nick almost had a moment. Oh, Nick almost had a moment. <laughs> Basically, people found the nest too unbelievable. They didn't like the aesthetic. It felt too modern for the era it was set in, and people just simply preferred the dirty, run-down aesthetic of the OG lab. Oh, I'm having heart palpitations. Don't do that. <laughs> Story and scenarios, 86% in favour of the original, and Remake 2 finished with the total winning polls favouring the OG by 77%. Wow. OG so, favouring the remake. Sorry, yeah. favouring the original, yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I want to actually just put my own personal stamp on the, on this as well. That, like, I th- For me, that's probably a fair reflection of how I feel, but I do want to say, and I, have, I feel like I have to I don't want to, you know, I don't want this to just be a stampede against remakes because I, they do have their merits and I do want to say that despite the fact that of the last five games the RE Engine games Resident Evil 7 is by far my favourite I do actually think Remake 2 is the best modern Resident Evil experience money can buy at the moment mm. I think it is essentially fundamentally a perfect Resident Evil gameplay experience. Yeah, and I want to, I want to come to overall play, you know, not positives, but like the, you know, the overall playability of these games. I want to have a yeah. good discussion on that afterwards. But no, I I agree with you entirely over that. Yeah, don't do that again though, Sean. That was that was not funny. <laughs> yeah, you wait there. I've got some I say do it again. It's hilarious. <laughs> I was gonna who's gonna vote? I mean, I'm sorry. I, I don't mind this to an extent, but I mean, you can't beat Birkin's Lab. You just it's. It's a thing of beauty. <laughs> but it's it's not. It's horrible, but it's beautiful at the same time. Why is there a moth? You know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> There's a moth. Deal with it. You know, and it, oh, no, no. Oh, God, right. That's Gosh. the most saddening thing. Actually, looking back through these results here, that that's the most saddening thing, because when we get to, like, the BOW Monsters section, it's remarkable how short that is in this Remake 2 section because of how missing... <laughs> So many of it is no giant spiders. What was it? No what about Mister Mister X? Because he's <laughs> no IVs replacement no. human. 
plant zombies. Yeah, plant zombies. Uh, Tyrant was 71% in favour of the original. People loved the gameplay, but um, more people wanted to talk about the design point of view. But I'd have put a caveat here that only one person mentioned a hat. Whoever you were, <laughs> I, didn't write, I didn't write your name down, but whoever you are, kindred spirit, thank you. That is interesting. You too, also. Heads on all enemies. Because <laughs> that is interesting. Mister X in Remake Two is brilliant. So a lot of focus on the re- the design. Yeah, I, I think the design's better in OG. People just don't like that wrinkled face. They do not. Oh, moisturizer. <laughs> right. Can we casually move on to Remake Three then? Mm. This is this is the one where I I talked last week. The results will shock you. See, uh, generally with Remake Three, I mean, just as a minor introduction for it. Whereas I think when we reviewed Remake 2, we're all very much of the opinion, because of the points we've spoken about, it is very much a Cliff Notes version of Resident Evil 2. Um, we, we kind of f- sat quite happily with that. We thought, that's fine. We didn't think, not that our views matter in the grand scheme of things, we didn't think it was replacing the original. Mm. Um, it, it felt like this is a kind of like up-to-date modern version. This is Resident Evil in its core. But then Remake 3 came out and was really specific about timings and dates and it, it felt and I, I mentioned this in one of the videos on the on our YouTube page, it felt that they were trying to tell you this is what's happening right here, right now, and we're tying it directly into remake two. You can see the before, you know, the liquor scene and things like that. And it had a very different feeling to it. And it didn't feel like a Cliff Notes version of RE three, despite the fact that there were big cuts to it. It's interesting. it's interesting you say that, Nick, because do you not remember the demo? And for me, I'd love to know what you guys feel about this because you're generally more positive uh, about the remakes of, of, of 2 particularly than I am. That of, of, of the remakes of 2, 3 and 4, the most sort of enjoyable to me and, and I suppose how it, it felt it kind of connected and just improved upon but still kept the kind of the spirit and, and what the original was doing. So, so the streets of Raccoon City in 3, which is... Is why I, I prefer the original three over two. Is is my my favourite part of, of of all those remakes. I found the first sort of half hour forty minutes, uh, and the demo takes up most of that that, that beginning section mm. of of the remake of three. It's the most enjoyable and yeah. kind of but just felt like yeah. the most connective yeah. tissue with the original. That, There's enough DNA the of the original game in there. And then it yeah, went downhill very quickly from there. And, and that's why the demo was so misleading too, because that demo yeah. was like that section and then the rest of the game isn't like that at all. Mm. And the irony is, I think if the rest of the game had been a lot more, there'd been more sections like that bit, I think people probably mm. would have enjoyed Remake 3 a lot more. They would have said, yeah, this has got the core feel of the original where you're exploring the streets and everything, but it's its own unique modern twist on it. And I think people would have been much happier with that. Yeah, unfortunately. You're right, Gigi. Yeah. Good point. Go on, Sean, hit us with the, hit us with okay. the results. Um, so we started off with characters. I didn't, yep. include, I didn't include Tyrell in this because I'm just going to give that to the remake straight away because he's not really even really a character in, in 3. Yep. Um, depending on which path you choose, sometimes he barely even gets a line of dialogue. And in the other version of events, it's a slightly longer scene where he blows himself up. So he, he's not really a character in OG3. So we I can't just, believe you said that about Tyrell. Come it's on. Pretty, that's George, it's true. <laughs> Tyrell's oh, awesome in remake yeah. three. Yeah, he's, he's he's. I mean, but but that said, people still lament his lack of supervisor role. Oh, yeah, that's it's an interesting change because he's very much a good guy in the remake, whereas the original, as you say, he was a supervisor and he was a former smuggler for the French Foreign Legion and a bit of an overall bastard. <laughs> so it was an interesting really change like making him a good guy. The fact that he blows himself up with a bomb. 
Enjoy her. Here we go. Four characters were picked. Jill, Carlos, Mikhail, and Nikolai. Only one of those characters, the OG version of uh, that character, wins out. Can you uh, guess yeah. who it is? Nikolai. No. 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 Mikhail. Mikhail. No. no. What? What, the original? People preferred... Uh, Sixty-six percent of people preferred the OG Mikhail. I would have sworn people would have preferred Jill because there is some backlash to Jill's. Nah, she, Nicole rudeness. runs out. They like that, do they? I would have, yeah, I would have they, thought. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll just run. I'll just run through them then. Jill remake sixty-four percent unanimous in the end. People preferred Nicola, Nicole's performance, a more believably a, a more believable, emotionally charged Jill. A couple mentioned the icon iconography of original attire, but this is definitely one about a darker PST PTSD driven angle for the character. Carlos seventy-nine percent in favor of the remake. Yep. A deeper, more likable character. His looks were mentioned frequently by commenters, but people just really found the character impactful and memorable. A strong, clear winner. The Foxy among the fandom did miss his accent, as a few people did mention. <laughs> Mikhail, 66% in favour of the original. Despite people very much liking Mikhail, Mikhail's role in the remake and the performance, the OG wins out here. The death scene from the original is mentioned. But the biggest factor was the hidden scene, which a few people mentioned. Really? Where you, if, if, if people aren't aware, there is a hidden scene in the original version of Resident Evil 3 where if you go back to the tr the train car at a certain time, you actually get a little bit of his backstory. Yeah, uh, which is missing in the remake. Is missing in the remake. Nikolai was 52% in favour of the remake. Ooh. A real mix of opinion. It was very, very divided, but he just pulled away, pulled ahead. People do think he's very well acted and appreciated the no fucks given approach to the character, but lamented his not obvious motives and supervisor role of the original remake. Won out, but not by much. Is he not a supervisor still in remake? No, he's not mentioned at all. No, there isn't really a supervisor thing going on at all in the remake. They're the all only, kind of... the only thing is his diary where he's he's making notes of Nemesis's mm. progress, but that is and it's like he's. It. And, and that kind of furthers just his personal motivation to sell data and information to the hospital. Yeah, they added the sort of plot that he's affiliated with the rival company now. They've offered him more money, which yeah. obviously wasn't in the original. That's interesting. Interesting. I I mean, Nikolai especially, he's a lot more memeable in Remake 3. Whether that helped people, I don't know. I'm, I'm surprised about Mikhail, though, because he gets a lot more, a lot more screen time in the remake. Does um, he? I don't think he does. I don't think he does. I think he gets. No, he only has that big scene at the beginning. No, he only yeah. gets that big scene at the beginning, and then that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's, I think it's it's a bit misleading because he's set up as a main character because he has, like you say, quite a big monologue at the start, and then you don't really see him again till the end. Till I mean, his death scene is. I don't think it's as as effective personally. I, just prefer think... his, I prefer his, you know, going out or guns blazing approach of the original. Yeah, because I, I, that's an interesting point, Starter, because for me, I think it's a good example, particularly Mikhail and Nikolai, that irrespective of, you know, high production values, you know, stunning character models, you know, obviously clearly very talented voice actors. And I don't want to be disparaging about them. I mean, I'm a particular fan of, of William, William Hope, but the originals for me, for, you know, the, the, the polygons and... And everything, it just, just just felt so much more, I don't know, just sinister. The original, f I, I, and again with Mikhail, I just found his story, his tragedy just came across so much more. It almost seemed more comical and camper in the remakes. Than he absolutely else. is. He, he's, mm. he's a traumatised character in the original. Yeah. He, he's deeply traumatised, but not just from the injury he sustained, but also the past that, that and, haunts him. 
Yeah, and as much as we love the shitbird comment, it just to me again, I don't want to be humorless and and, and can, in the past I have taken survival horror, you know, far too seriously. But they seem to be. It seemed the original seemed to be with particularly with those two characters and maybe in other aspects grittier. What I enjoyed about the original RE3 was the fact that whilst the story was somewhat projected, I mean, you knew Nikolai was probably the bad guy, bad human guy in that sense. You know, you did feel that he was still under the command of Mikhail. Whereas I'm not, I, you don't quite get that in Remake 3. Yeah. I always felt it, it's a bit more obvious that, yeah, he's the baddie. A bit like Irons in Remake 2. It, it's so obvious he's an arsehole. The thing Remake 3 did add, which I liked, was Mikhail's suspicion about Nikolai. Yes. Yeah. And it would have been interesting to see where that would have gone had he lived a little bit longer. Yeah. But I'm not surprised about Carlos. I think Carlos kind of represents something that was probably a little bit dated, certainly with the original. So updating him was very much welcome. That trust element of him and Jill, their relationship was beautifully told, I think. Um, especially the uh, one we think that the scene in the hospital where um, Carlos taps into the computer and goes, "Oh, you know, she, she she knew and she still trusted me." I thought that was really good, and and he kind of speaks to the fans really when he's in the RPD again. What the fuck is wrong with this door? You know, and it's like <laughs> that kind of like meta element. I thought was really, um, really well done. I do hope they bring Carlos back. He he was underused. Which version do they bring back, Nick? Well, that's a different question. Um, but <laughs> I, I I think he 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 got his time to shine in the remake three. And I, um, I think if Carlos was to ever make a return, let's say let's say just for the sake of the argument, Carlos is one of the you know returning characters in Resident Evil Nine. He will definitely be based on remake Carlos. What they're gonna do, yeah? If him and Chris are in the same game <laughs> and both fighting over Jill with the same voice actor, I think I think it's safe to say that you know, irrespective of whether Capcom's approach on the um, canon is you know favouring one or over the other the appearance will be the remake appearance. Yeah, I've not had any issues with that at all, really. I mean, going into, like, the CGI movies, it's not that, though, bothered Nick. me. Say that, though, with the exception of Claire. Yeah, weird, weird, isn't it? Because, we, we, you know, we've got a Nicole Tompkins remake 3-looking Jill in Death Island, but we've got a Stephanie Claire that looks like classic Claire. Mm. So, who knows? It's, it's it's crazy, isn't it? Vendetta Chris, but no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But at least his voice is, you know, Kevin Dorman, who played him, mm. you know, many, many times. All right. Monsters or I'll leave monsters? it in your head. You want monsters then? I've, I, I did three separate polls for each form of the nemesis. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> each one out. Each one. OG. Has to be OG for every phase. Yep. So, uh, you know, nemesis in general was the first question, and it was 84% in favour of the original. From the reduced appearances, the heavily scripted nature, it's no surprise to see the OJ, uh, OG absolutely annihilate the remake. The remake Nemesis did work for a lot of people aesthetically. Many who chose the OG conceded that the design and the appearance of the remake ne- Nemesis was extremely impressive. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that 100%. Mm. Um, Nemesis second form, this one's massive, 89% in favour of the OG. Oh, <laughs> a few people mentioned the second form was a glorified liquor. A few would have been happy to have had the Clock Tower fight be the original second form, you know, which is where he's like topless with tentacles out of his hands. Similar to the Clock Tower fight in the original. Mm. Um, And then the remake Dog Beast liquor fight reserved for the acid plant, which was interesting. And then the final form, 
was OG 68%. So the remake, you're starting to see it claw back. Really? Many people were quite enamored with the Final Fight as a whole and enjoyed the sense of scale and the greater, you know, the the fact that it was an actual mm. battle. Some people did com- com- comment that the only, you know, the original fight against the, um, the Nemesis was just pushing three batteries into a thing and then kiting it around a room whereas this actually feels like a final boss now with actual like weak points you've got to shoot and you know yeah. attack you've got to properly dodge it's a it's a fair call yeah choice a couple of choice comments no um, noted the loss of the parasite controlling the last of the mutated tyrant's body so that is something that doesn't really happen in the remake is if, if people aren't aware you know, the tyrant, in a sense, in the original, by this point, by the uh, rail cannon room, the tyrant is dead as such. And the parasite is just basically like marionette puppeting what's left. And it starts to sort of burst beyond the tyrant's corpse. So you're just essentially fighting the nemesis itself. In the remake, you're just basically fighting like this fucking weird, massive alien queen. And its identity gets lost a little bit, I think, in the remake. I'd agree. I'd agree. I think, especially with the OG nemesis i think by the time you get to the clock tower you're making good progress and then the removal of the nemesis shirt or limiter coat you just feel like oh you know this shit's getting real now the old nemesis was a bit slower he ran a little bit you know but it was you know, it was serious now he's taking what, his top what, off <laughs> well one of my favorite things about the og one was when you, you attacked him with the acid thing and his head fell off yeah, yeah which that. was a big indicator that you're not fighting the tyrant anymore. anymore yeah. The next question, I had to cool. do it. I'm sorry, guys, I'm sorry. I did a specific poll for the railgun. I knew you. I was about to say, it's about to do with the finger. I was going to make a comment about this, but... It's a... OG, 60%. What? Thank you, fandom. It was the one that I actually, in the poll, said, don't let me down here, people, please. I won't <laughs> survive in this fandom if you let me down here. Some people do quite like the finger, with a couple acknowledging the ridiculousness of it, but enjoying it all the same. One commenter mentioned it was Chris's boulder moment for Jill, which mm. I get. I get. Uh, this is one for you, Rob, because I don't think any of us have done this. Inferno difficulty came up a couple of times as something oh. that gave the battle an extra level <laughs> of hell. It wasn't yep. quite as one-sided as I hoped, personally, and a couple of good shout-outs for the missing lore in the remake of the Tyrant fight. Yep, so some people did. Some lore fans among you did note that there is no big battle, you know, no massive Tyrant fight yeah, in, yeah. You know, with corpses littering the environment of the well, Delta Force. I'm, and I'm, I'm glad, Sean, to hear that the fandom didn't give you the finger on that one. <laughs> Yes. I think that's something generally as well we need to praise the remakes for. Again, it, when the original 2 and 3 came out, you just generally kind of had easy, normal, hard. And there wasn't a lot of variation in the in them apart from just, you know, maybe health took a bit more damage. Whereas I think it was health remakes, and ammo, yeah. Yeah. Generally speaking. There's a little bit more that they put a little bit more effort into the difficulty modes here and they reward you for doing uh, it. I want to I want to I want to say yes, but at the same time, I don't think they're, they've done it very well balanced. Three especially. Like, I felt like oh, the, yeah. when you go to Inferno, like it, it's not well balanced. The thing, the thing that disappoints me about Inferno is, like, for every really good idea they put in to remix the gameplay, like Brad stalking you in the RPD, yeah. they put in stupid ideas, like the tentacle had zombies literally falling from the sky at one point in the opening street sections. And yeah. Just, it feels more video gamey and you know more like an arcade yep. style video game. 
hundred percent. But then, uh, I mean, that's not new. If I look at Nightmare Mode and Resident Evil Two and the ridiculous bullet sponginess of enemies, really, it's about avoiding them as best as possible. But then, if they grab you, they do absurd amounts of damage. So uh, maybe it is that's just fundamental. You put an extra hard mode, and it is very video gamey. But then you know, other people can do a hard mode and actually balance it correctly. So I don't know. I'm interested about the hunters. Well, we'll do the Drain Demos first because that's next. Okay, cool. Because um, okay. obviously that's next. Also, in, in within the story, you meet them first. OG sixty eight percent. Really? People generally found the original Drain Demos less gimmicky and scarier. Their reduced appearance was mentioned as a negative, but people did enjoy the set-piece nature and nightmarish setting of the remake. Yep. The yep. now infamous Jill scene did also naturally push people toward the OG. Yeah, a few people mentioned that. That actually yeah. put them off that sequence as a whole, which, you know, we don't need to go into any real detail, but it wasn't a good choice from Capcom. I also have lore issues with that. Um, uh, well, I think it, it recently came up as a discussion point on our Discord as well. It's if if you take the idea that our heroes go through the series or go through the games or the events without actually getting infected, should you unless that? needed, yeah, unless needed, um, you know, and there's only like zero where you've got that kind of weird cutscene with the eliminator. And you're kind of like, oh, you know, is she infected? Maybe not. It's the eliminator. It's a crappy BOW with a shitty strain of T virus. Here we've got Jill basically being, you Force know, speed. Force speed. Yeah, force-fed a parasite bait larvae into her. I mean, you physically see the transfer of bodily gunk, if you want to call it like that. And I know she takes the, you know, a herb to, you know, to to vomit up. But if that was, I don't know, if that was a dog, a rabies dog, oh, that's disgusting. But you know what I mean. If that, you know, it, you would probably still be infected, and the, the contagious nature of the T virus. I mean, ultimately, it doesn't matter because obviously Jill is infected later on in the game anyway. I just wondered, and John, I'm keen to hear what you thought when you first saw that. Whether whether that was a a tiny plot point. I can't say I ever did really think about it. To be honest, I just saw it as a you know one of these little quirky things. I didn't really read too much into it about the whole infection thing. But then I never really have when it comes to characters getting bitten in cutscenes and stuff. I just think it's for dramatic effect more than anything else. Well, here you go then, Nick. Um, she she does get infected with the T virus at that point, but then she gets the serum later anyway. That, that's my point. That's what I was trying. <laughs> that, that's what I was trying to say to you know when we were discussing it. I said it, mm. it, it's it's such a moot point. <laughs> because you know, even if she was infected, fine. You know, she gets, she certainly gets infected later anyway. So um, I, w- I wasn't, I, I wasn't too hung up over it. I just next. <laughs> what, where does your heart tell you on this one, Nick? I'm. Which one? Are we, what are we? Beta or gammering? We first? included both. We we did it both in one poll. I think the community will prefer the remake. Fifty-six percent. Fifty-six. Yeah, remake betas have really helped turn the tide. A lot didn't care for some of the redesigns in terms of appearance. Found the gamma appearance memorable, and the beta some of the most terrifying appearances of the hunters in the series. Nostalgia was the only reason that the OGs kept in the running. I felt looking back through the comments. I, I, I do think the one-hit KO is a little bit overpowered. It's a bit cheap, but generally, they're, they're done really well. That It's the closest I've felt a hunter has been since the original. The original, original, yeah. as in PS1 Sam version. It's an issue I've always had, though, and it's the only way I feel with that kind of over-the-shoulder view you can actually get mm. that, you know, that consistency um, of scariness that the, yeah. um, you know, the random nature of just shooting and shooting, you know, 
because you because you can get so accurate with with the over the shoulder it defeats the point so having a one hit ko makes sense one of the biggest tragedies for me in the series is the nerfing of the hunters as, as it's gone on yeah because i cherish i cherish those early memories of playing the you know re1 for the first time and thinking jesus christ you know every single one of these hunter encounters is harder than a boss fight you know, I was genuinely, even on like replaying it, even it didn't matter whether it was my fifth playthrough or my tenth playthrough, I was terrified after the guardhouse of going back yep. there. And I know some of it's like bullshit gameplay, hunters having far too many iframes that to make it fair, but I, you didn't care back then, did you? It was just a challenge and you, you just loved it. So it's nice to see the hunters coming back in a, in a you know, we need to see more of them. They're a far more interesting monster for me than Lickers. And liquors have been done to death, I think, in this series now. What was the, when were the last hunters of the game? I mean, is it Revelations One? Was the last one? Is it in terms of timeline appearance? Well, the, yeah. Well, well, well when, fellow, wouldn't it? And when did we last play play against? Well, remake three. Yeah, yeah, but ignore before that. It must no, be Revelations, then. Yeah. Yeah, and that was a sad ending for them. Yeah. Even yeah, even even the Farafello was like whatever. I only decided to cover two locations in this one. Again, I didn't bother including the hospital. I just gave it to the remake because obviously it's such a dramatically expanded location. It didn't feel the need for comparison. Um, so we've gone for RPD, which was the, the, cho- the choice I picked because I was interested in gauging a fundamental thing was, was asked. Did you prefer going to the RPD in Resident Evil 3 as Jill or did you prefer going as Carlos? Do you feel Jill should have gone? 86% yes. in favour of the original. Yep. Yeah, people really felt Nemesis introdu- introduction plus the occasion of Jill as a character going to the RPD made for a much more memorable trip. That said, a couple of voters did note it was interesting seeing some life left in the RPD, as in seeing some surviving officers, mm-hmm. and how well it tied into RE2R. A couple of mm-hmm. people did note here that they appreciated the addition of Dr. Bard and giving the story wider significance to the lore, which began here in Resident Evil 3. Yeah, I would agree. I thought Dr. Bard, that whole subplot was an excellent addition. And that's something I wish the remakes in general had, had gone a, a lot further with. And that ties back to the, your general point, John, hasn't it? It's been about actually why, why everyone likes Remake 1 is because there was that expansion from the, the original. Bombs, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But I mean, the Dr. Bard plot, I mean, it, it gave like a proper function for the UBS, uh, UBCS support characters in the game. You know, it was a really intriguing subplot, but it didn't outstates welcome you know it didn't overshadow jill's journey and i just wish the other games had these or especially remake 2 had these little additions it's it's quite strange really talking about these polls really the compare and contrasting just how far the law was pushed with remake 3 compared to how contained and restricted it was in remake 2 absolutely an interesting point i know i mean i personally preferred jill going to the rpd i like for, for the exact reasons you've mentioned, Sean. But let's not beat around the bush. Nothing's done at the RPD with Jill in, in the original game. You don't go there. She doesn't have a moment there. It's oh. just, it, it's purely gameplay. It's like, get there, get the gem, get out. Yeah. And that's where I think the remake disappoints because I think people were, you know, thinking if Jill did go there with mm. the additional fidelity of motion captured acting and Nicole's performance. She could have had a very emotional moment in the stars room or something, which modern day graphics would really portray well. And the fact yes. that they don't do that, I think, is where this bitterness came from. Like we as fans have these grand ideas. I, I put that scenario, didn't I? When when Jill's letter was inserted into remake two, there was an image that showed up on the internet. I think it was possibly the 
the image that you get on the Xbox UI when you unlock the achievement, and it was of Jill stood with Kendo. Yeah, and I and I theorized on Twitter that this this is going to be a moment where Jill gets her samurai edge, and I and I even wrote like a version of the scene down. I was so gutted when it didn't happen. <laughs> you know, when I saw Jill was wielding a Glock in all the promos, I thought, oh god, you know, when she goes to the RPD, she's definitely getting the samurai edge now. Like, and she's gonna. She, that's going to be the weapon that she uses, you know, for the you want stars, I'll give you stars. She's going to use the samurai edge there. And we come up with scenarios and storyline beats in our head. And when they don't happen in the game, I think that's when you get the reflection in polls like this. I think people had such an idea of what Jill's trip back to the RPD would be like with modern yeah. storytelling in mind without the restrictions of PS1 style graphics. So when that's just totally pulled from beneath her and Carlos goes instead, I think I think the results are fairly clear. Dead Factory, what do you reckon? Nest 2 or Dead Factory? What's going to win this one, Nicholas? Um, Dead Factory will win, but what I will say is I don't have a problem with, the, with Nest 2 on its own. It's more about what it represents, <laughs> um, and what you know, what it what it replaces. I think Nest Two is infinitely times better than Nest One. It's far more believable. I just, I I'm, just I'm, think I'm done for the night. I'm off. Cheers. No, it's fine. Big. <laughs> <laughs> It's fine. It's a it's a perfectly functioning kind of hospital. I like where it is. I think it's clever in that sense. I just I I, I just don't think the it should. That I, random umbrella lab is locked behind a fucking padlock. <laughs> yeah, because it's stupid. I, I I think it's very B movie shit, and I like it. <laughs> I just don't think it should have been the end part of the game. I think you should have done there, found the secret lab, find some more clues out about what the hell's going on, and then it would have been like a link to the disposal factory. That's how I would have personally done it. But you know that's. But yeah, Dead Factory will win this, Sean. I'm, I promise you. By 91%. Ooh. 91. An absolute trouncing. People lamented the loss of the background lore, the dirty rundown aesthetic, that the setting was worked ingeniously into the plot with obviously the fact that the bodies contributed to the disaster, you know, rapidly occurring. A couple of people even said the Dead Factory hasn't been beaten as a final setting in the series. Ooh. Which I, I, it surprised me, actually, but, you know, fair point. A couple had water puzzle PTSD. Shout out to Yoke. Yep. <laughs> Interestingly, the 9% that voted for Nest 2 didn't specify any reason as to why they just replied saying they preferred it. I, I, mean... I hate Nest 2. I just think it represents everything. That's, it, it represents a lack of imagination. It doesn't do anything for me in terms of gameplay. It's an extremely linear experience. If you know what you're doing, Nest 2 is finished in like 10 minutes. You're barely even there. I think it's poor from a gameplay point of view. I don't. I don't. It obviously contributes nothing to the wider lore beyond the fact that it's a kind of flip side replacement for the tyrant mass producing mass production facility from Survivor, mm. because obviously the room you encounter with the tyrants and the uh, the cryo tubes or whatever. It's a strange. It's a strange location, and it, it feels all piecemeal together. I don't really know what. I'm very happy with the comments generally because let's give some praise to the original RE3 because that whole bit was done in a matter of months, wasn't it? Mm. After yeah, just the Dead Factory is unparalleled, and what they managed to achieve in in you know it doesn't have that grandiose feeling when you're kind of going across the bridge. You, you don't have the big. It's not like that kind of panning shot in like uh, Co Veronica as you enter the private residence. You don't think oh god what's going on you just kind of enter and then you're just suddenly thrust into this murky underworld and you're just littered with environmental storytelling whatever yeah. way you, whatever way you go and it just kind of builds and builds into something so memorable uh it, it's an absolute triumph 
I, I, I do feel this is a problem with the series on the whole. Beyond, like, possibly Resident Evil 7, which I do th- feel got that dirty aesthetic down well. But I do think I do think the RE engine is sometimes just too clean. We, Village, we've lost, we've quite lost some environmental, as you say, Nick, we've lost that environmental storytelling. Oh, so much so. That's been the real barrier to hit the nail on the head there, Stars. Can I just quickly say, Yoke's um, flashbacks of, of the water achievement puzzle. I, I mean, we haven't really mentioned it. We're talking about the law, you know, comparing. But what about the puzzle aspect? I mean, that may be a, puzzle, a, a podcast in itself. But, um, you know, these remakes have certainly have, I mean, you, you know, have they... Um, um, some good good puzzles. I've written the remake too. That's, that overall, of... though, overall, would you, I mean, I don't know. I want I, I, the audience to feel that just, you know, cerebrally that, you know, back in the day, they were just far too demanding and, and you know, gamers of, of, of this era just wouldn't have patience. Uh, perhaps, you know, they'd find that these games were less accessible. Uh, you know, I mean, I certainly had to, you know, run down the road and find a phone box to phone a phone line, uh, not those sorts of phone <laughs> lines, uh, uh, to find out, you know, how 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 to progress in a particular game. But... I mean, after seeing Nick get killed on stream um, with a chess puzzle in Resident Evil Zero, you may be onto something there, GT. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, I think would we all agree that that for, again, when I mean, you talk about the environmental storytelling, there's been a for me a distinct lack of eccentric, intelligent, unusual. Uh, classic puzzles. Yeah, I would. Most, I would mostly agree, to be honest. Most, I, I think there's some good ones in RE2 remake two, especially in the labs. I think there's some good ones there. And what's next, Sean? What have you got? There's just a couple left for Resident Evil Three. We've got we've got the character of Brad and his death because I felt that was an interesting one to cover because there's a controversial aspect about Brad with the remake. Ninety percent favoured the OG. I, absolutely. I'm surprised it's that. It, the vast majority of people preferred <laughs> Nemesis actually doing his job and offering a stars member setting up the character. And the monster, mm-hmm. you know, because obviously it's a pretty big introduction. They're actually killing off one of our main characters straight away. The remake votes were generally just down to how well he was portrayed in the short scenes he had. Which, again, mm-hmm. I agree. A perfect yep. blend would be taking the characterization of Brad from the remake, but then still allowing him to be killed by the nemesis. Yeah. The way they could have done that in the remake would have been to have the situation play out exactly as it is, but when... The car goes over the side of the building. Brad turns up to rescue Jill before Carlos and gets killed. And then Carlos comes in at the end and saves the day. That would have been the easiest way to do that. Yeah. So the other one, the other one I chose was the ending. What? 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 The way it's presented, or the... as a whole, every aspect of it was was mentioned in the in the tweet. You know, from how you felt of the city being destroyed, everything. You know, all the way, basically, from the moment the game ends to the credits, everything that fills in between. Two percent here. The clear distinction was the appearance of Barry, sorely missed by the majority of people answering the poll. Notable mentions all to go out, also go out to the loss of the news report, which summarised the event. Mm. And now we have a rather unfortunate turn of events. It seems that the president and the federal council have passed judgment over the civilians of Raccoon City. President and Federal Council have ruled that the backless terminate operation is the best course of action for this extreme situation and have since executed. Based on that fact, Raccoon City has been literally wiped off the map. Current reports have the death toll surpassing the 100,000 mark. Our hearts go out to those poor civilians of Raccoon City. 
and the fact that the explosion in the remake 3 is just basically shot from a distance it doesn't show you any of the locations that we've been exploring like you get a couple of shots of the rpd being destroyed which is quite a, quite a moment when you've spent so it much was, time yeah, yeah 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 uh, the logs yep and there was eight epilogues that aren't featured in remake 3 which was our you know our it was a preview points. of games to come wasn't it, it through yeah, yeah. You know, eight eight images um one vote did Mentioned the remake for the addition of the Carlos Nikolai fight and that intrigue there, which you know are considered as part of the the remake three ending, even though it is a like a retrofitted QTE quick time event thing, but it is still part of the ending. Mm. And you obviously don't get that dynamic in the original, but because it, I think because the remake still gives you next to nothing there, you know it teases that Nikolai's working for somebody else, but still doesn't ultimately go anywhere with it and potentially Nikolai may never return again for it to never go anywhere it's no surprise to see the original pulling out here I think the destruction of the city for me personally is far more emotional in the original and and you don't get the line of human greed in the original which I think is a big thing I like the music in the remake 3 admittedly it's just a redone guitar version of oh, you mean in the credits in the credits yeah, the credits, that, yeah. I think on my stream that re- that I did get emotional yeah, that, prob- yes, yes. that probably wasn't at the remake three. It's more of nostalgic for the original. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that is one of the key things to do with these polls because, like I say, the people who follow me, and this is worth pointing out, the people who follow me will be listeners of our podcast. They know the kind of direction that I go for when I, you know, discuss this series. The people who follow me will tend to do so because they are of like mind that's not everybody i know there's plenty of people who do follow me and disagree with me in plentiful amounts of ways but if someone like ign was to do all these polls you might likely see a very very different set of results and it's worth just so happened that earlier this morning i opened up my facebook page and biohazard declassified had asked a poll of what is the best resident evil remake there are about 300 odd comments on this Interestingly, Resident Evil 1 Remake came up the majority of the time, more than really? any other. Even for a franchise, that a lot of people admit that they say perhaps like the later remakes will be better gameplay experiences. They still liked the original. It's quite interesting. Even I was surprised at seeing that myself after what we were just thinking ahead. So I don't know. Maybe, I mean, it's it, it's hard. I, I was I know what you're referring to is that something that got my heckles up this week was that IGN did a poll of like the best survival horror games and Resident Evil oh, 4 yeah, Remake so topped it. Yeah. yeah. And inherently to me, it's because it's so new that it's sitting consciously and people were saying and if you ask that same question in three years it would probably not place as highly as it did so it's very interesting i sometimes we take these assumptions of things and 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 they turn out to be right but then sometimes you get these weird surprises like if i had looked at if i had said to us let's put a poll of what the best remake is i wouldn't have expected a lot of people i'm not saying everyone on that answer is but i'm seeing it more often than any others which is very unusual i was not expecting that and it's those same comments that we've kind of talked about, which is that, you know, maybe it's because the remake of one was an improvement over its original in a lot of ways, like it was the idealized version, whereas maybe that's the thing that we fundamentally have the biggest issue is that these sequel remakes don't necessarily mean that the originals aren't any better. Like the, you can still go back and play those originals and get an entirely different experience that it is what it is, whereas remake one for a lot of people probably did actually replace the original. Maybe not you, Sean, but a lot of other people it did. And mm. and I think those are the fundamental differences that, that these newer remakes perhaps haven't entirely replaced the originals in their minds. This is one of the reasons why I actually didn't want to do them as straight 
polls. I wanted people to actually think about their answers and and, yeah. and, and like put the reasons down because I think if you're just clicking a poll, you might do it more as like a reflex action if you like. You just see a poll and you just go, oh yeah, bang, I'll just do what I'm playing now. Whereas if you actually have to take a moment to think about it, you might go, actually, you know what? I do prefer the original in that instance. Now I've actually sat and thought about it, uh, uh, you know, and, and that's what the whole point of this was. Resident Evil 3 ends with the OG winning out 71%. Doesn't surprise me. But it's the, but it's the most maligned remake. It, it, mm. it, if, it doesn't surprise me. This to, this, to me, was the fork in the road for the remake saga for, for Resident Evil, wasn't it? We had Resident Evil 2 which was generally regarded as amazing, brought so many people back and you had Resident Evil 3. So then when Resident Evil 4 was announced, I think there was a sense of trepidation because oh, it, yeah. Resident Evil 4 could have gone either way at this point. But obviously we knew through insiders and leaks and things like that that it wasn't the RE3 team, so there was already a lot of positive feedback in that respect. That uh, Yeah, really... and then Capcom, Capcom itself had outsourced 3 and wasn't as happy with the outcome and so on and so forth. Right, let's have a look at Remake 4 then, Sean. A game well, that... Start, Nick. You, you... Well, I, I mean, I don't like to say it, it's a game that I feel helps with pretty much every aspect of the original i think we've got it for my personal view i think almost everyone is better bar perhaps i the... don't think these results are going to disappoint you oh that's okay <laughs> <laughs> fine that's good that's good i mean, you know apart from perhaps sadler i think he's a bit of a um... well there's a couple of obvious ones yeah, but yeah, we start yeah. With Leon? let's go on this is the biggie this was the biggie for me this, I think, was one of my most responded to questions. I think this was massive in terms of the response on this one. It took me ages to total this up. So Leon is one of the only examples in the series where there is a fundamentally different character in the remake versus the original, to the point where they could almost be considered completely different characters. I don't think that's unfair. But, um, Paul Mercer's Leon is completely different to Nick. They, they, yeah. But that's even from like a writing. That's from like a basic fundamental point of view. So who's going to win this one out? Do you think? Um, so I, I keep I, I keep answering these. Someone else can by, by all means can can answer. I mean, I I think I don't think Leon's personality was one of the key reasons as to why re, our original RE4 was great. So I'm going to really? go. Yep, fifty-two percent. Oh, it's close. The response was big for this one. I can't recall two lead character performances being so different. Hence the split. Nostalgia for the original game is the defining factor. With a lot of people really liking the cat camp, humorful action hero approach of Leon, but people also really loved that the remake took the character, humanized him greatly. It's safe to say there's no wrong answer really, and your own response will likely be tied to the game you prefer. Mm-hmm. Also worth pointing out that this this is you know was made with the remake two in mind, so it feels more like a sequel to that that character. Remake four Leon doesn't necessarily feel like it's Paul Haddad's Leon anymore, whereas Nick I think does an exemplary job of making the character feel the same between two entries. I, I think I think Leon in remake four is a perfect progression of that character, yeah. whereas OG four Leon came out of nowhere and continues to come out of nowhere <laughs> but i can see i you know i i think it's personal choice as to whether you like i mean he, again re4 leon very memeable you know mm. you, you could quote his entire you know his entire you know script if you want it's so memorable but i think i think this, mm. is, this is a good one to throw over to you john because i know like you prefer this game now to the original and would you say leon is a defining factor in that do you do you do you appreciate the work that went into like completely reimagining him as a tortured soul now 
Yeah, absolutely. I think Remake 4 did a sterling job with building on the foundations with what they did with Remake 2. And I agree with your comments about Paul Mercier as well. As good as he is in the OG 4, Leon doesn't particularly feel like the same character he was in the original Resident Evil 2, whereas Remake 4's version of him feels like a natural progression of how he is in in Remake 2. Yeah, very pleased with how he is in Remake 4. I will actually say this as someone who obviously prefers the OGs at every single point. Like this Leon, like Nick's Leon, does tie into the future appearances of Leon better. It is mm. quite jarring to, to hear, like, the wise-cracking right hand comes off Paul Mercer of... Paul Mercier, sorry, of, um, of like, OG4, and then go into the same actor playing him in Degeneration and finding him very stoic and... Mm. no nonsense it's again it feels like almost like a character revision again we've had like three different versions of leon within a few years of each other yeah i mean he's still a bit off how he is in in death island with his interactions with jill you know he's very sort of self-assured of himself in that but you can tell he's definitely working his way towards that like obviously infinite darkness came out before remake 4 and that's still a very good cor- you know correlation with how he is in remake 4 I, I mean, this is just something that occurred to me. In OG4, Leon's very much a pawn, isn't he? In terms of, you know, he, he's basically just, as Ada says in her reports, you know, oh, Leon, you know, what are you up to now? And he, and you're just kind of going around. And I, I wonder if his script is almost like over overcompensation for the fact that he's pretty insignificant in the plot of the game, really. Whereas I think in Remake 4, he's a bit more significant in what's actually what's going on. I, I don't know. I might be spitballing a little bit, but because of his interactions with... I don't know. That's probably enhanced by Separate Ways. I think Separate Ways did such a good job of making everything feel a little bit more important. Um, yeah. I mean, I think they tried to go for a bit more personal connection with, obviously, the changes they did to Krauser, making Krauser a bit yeah. more of a, a sympathetic villain and increasing his personal relationship with Leon. But on the flip side to that, you could argue that Remake 4's version of the Leon-Ada relationship is probably inferior to how it is in the original. You know, Leon really doesn't pine after Ada in this one. He's really sort of standoffish with her. And likewise, she's the same with him, which I think is to the detriment compared to the original. But then it works quite well in separate ways, isn't it? That's the... That's the you kind of well, it's, 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 it's still very good. Yeah, it's still very good. Don't get me wrong. But I just think that is one of the, the few elements where OG4 is better in, in from a law perspective. And I think referencing... Back to a remake, I think it's also because, not necessarily because it was a change of, of actor, Ada, the, the, the connection between uh, Jolene Anderson and, and, and uh, Leon, you know, those two characters in, in the remake of two, there was some, that was a fantastic, you know, when uh, down, when, you know, when, when uh, Ada was, was, was injured and it was quite a tough moment actually, kind of married with the touching moments you got in the original. So yeah, it's a shame with the remake didn't carry on from that point that we had that great connection with the remake of two. Next, Sean, next, who else? Who's up next? Lewis, 93% in favour of the remake. Everyone preferred the greater connection to the wider lore, the expanded role within the story, and just found him a better character all round. A couple of people noted that the Umbrella connection didn't work for them, but for the most part, this was nearly exclusively in favour of the remake. That's obviously one of the biggest changes that remake 4 added, was the fact that Lewis was obviously an ex umbrella employee which is your which is your link to the wider series that you know the original just didn't have those kind of things i'm indifferent to how i feel about that i like lewis i i i was a fan of lewis in this one i think i think he was just annoying really in the in the original he's mm. just like you know he he was on fetch quest you like oh i've i've lost, i've left it you like oh, you idiot whereas this one because he's working with ada a bit more 
And I know he is in the original, but you don't really see a lot of it. I don't yeah, think we're in separate ways. Yeah. yeah, this one, this one, this one felt a little bit better. But John, I know this is one of your real uh, favorite points of of remake four, just adding that extra little bit of connectivity for for Lewis. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was it was done respectfully. Um, I think the connection was a sensible one. You know, having him work for Umbrella Europe and be involved with the Nemesis project was fine. It was a nice connection without it overshadowing the story Resident Evil Four was trying to tell. I think if the if they'd pushed it too far and said, oh yeah, he was the sole developer of Nemesis and Nemesis was completely his baby, I think that would have been, you know, too on the nose and overshadowed, you know, Resident Evil 4's plot to some extent. So I think keeping it more dialed back and subtle was the right way to go, I think. Ashley, 76% in favour of the remake. Much like the four our characters before, people preferred the approach, the more realistic approach to the character. Interestingly, this was one of the polls where people didn't really go into specifics, just listing her as a character. So basically those responses were just the the, the name. Despite right. the fact that I asked for reasons why, they just gave me the name. A couple of people said she brought something a little different, and there were a couple of mentions from people that they preferred the escorting gameplay of the original. I think I moaned about that in the original review, that I found it found her frustrating to escort in the remake. Yeah, no, I'd agree. But yeah, people... They, and I would say, like, that's totally understandable. I think to see the remake pull ahead for Ashley is, is totally fair, because they I, th- I feel they, they put a lot of effort into that into her as a character she's 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 arguably more of just a gameplay mechanic in the original where she feels fully fleshed out and a person here yeah she's the trope of the original really yeah because she's the the, the damsel in this and you know she's like gets... a, a person who grows in this as a character. yeah definitely yeah. and she gets the immortal line of you know seriously you know who jumps on chandeliers or whatever it is which <laughs> made me laugh out loud when i was playing it so you know bravo and purely from a horror point of view, I mean, let's let's not beat around the bush. Her sections, which were a little bit scary, a little bit, you know, in the original, everyone liked that. I mean, it it, it takes it to a whole new level in the remake. And when when Capcom do these things, House Benevento times two, and then Ashley section, that they're so good at it. And you know, just being without weapons and trying to evade, it's so good. Um, and yeah. I, I really like that. I really like that. And I agree. Ashley had a proper arc in this, not just keep rescuing me. Oh, get the Plagas out. Okay, let's go home overtime. Great. This this was a little bit more, you know, she, she was scared at the beginning, but then through Leon and the interactions of the confidence mm. that he has in her, she you know reciprocates and is able to fend for herself quite diligently and actually, you know, contribute and be a stronger, powerful person as a result. Um, but not, not in a disrespectful way. It's just done in an... A very organic, mm. natural way, and it, it, yeah, I'm not surprised by that that poll result. It's a, it's a much better experience for Ashley, and you know, it, it's not just the case of going. Oh, everyone used to joke. Oh, Ashley, Leon, help! You know, and it's like that's you know that 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 was never a major issue. I think people just joke more about that more than anything else. One of but... the um one of the things the remakes have done quite cleverly in places is is invert what we knew of the original game, and I think there's a really good section where um it's you know in the original, obviously Ashley gets captured in the castle and you have to yeah, go yeah. her but then in this it's Leon who gets incarcerated through his little cage where he has to fight and then it's Ashley who has to save him and I just think it mixes up the character dynamic in a really good way yeah I think um, it's a re- real triumph was, um, was yeah. Ashley well um, the next one it's big it's Krauser it's massive response to this John I want John because John, John's got the biggest issue with Krauser in this I'm going to guess oh gee no Bollocks. remake by 100% Really? 
Not one person mentioned OG in the response to Krauser. I'm shocked. Wow. I actually do. I do start this little type up, like little write up here by saying whether people were getting fed up with the polls or the algorithm messed us up here, but this was the least participated poll of all of them. So the few responses that we had all went for remake. The comments favoured the remake for his expanded appearance and how well he's worked into the story, as opposing to just turning up in the eleventh hour in the original game. Yes, of course, that is a key factor, isn't it? He turns up much earlier in this. Well, we see him in the opening cutscene, technically. And... Mm-hmm. He didn't turn oh, we... up five, does he, in the original game? Yeah, I mean, that's the didn't... benefit of the remake, isn't it? We know this relationship exists going into it, whereas in the original, he just comes out of nowhere. But Jim Ward in the original has got such the perfect voice for Krauser, I think. Yeah, he really has. And I do like the relationship between him and Ada, which obviously we all really miss in the remake. Mm-hmm. Bitch in the red dress. Yeah. There was a disclaimer in the comments of that one, though. That was the least responded to poll. So, yeah, there we go. Salazar, 71% in favour of the original. Considering the expanded lore of his family, people just found the original Salazar simply too memorable. (laughs) Those that chose the remake did so because they tended to find the original Salazar too ridiculous. Many people said they preferred the original boss fight. Mentions were numerous also regarding the villain's muted presence in the game as a whole. The, through the lack of radio banter, and this was clearly reflected here. Yeah. Yes, re- reducing famous lines to, was it tro- trophies, isn't it, achievement? Well, you, you do get a lot of Salazars in the boss fight, but it's it's obviously so chaotic that... I'm glad they cut those out, but I must admit, it is those radio conversations that make the character in the original. That's Mend- what I think they're going going for, weren't they? It is, it is supposed to be a bit, well, be, very B-movie with the original which is, you know, what the series is kind of based on. Mendez, 57% in favour of the remake. While some did say they chose the original for being more menacing and intimidating, those that chose the remake cited a better boss fight, a much better expanded lore in the files, and a couple even noted the hat worked in this instance. <laughs> it seems Capcom can please everybody. Interestingly enough, that those that chose the remake, however, wish he talked less. There you go. Wish he talked less? Yeah. Uh, does he t- uh, doesn't talk enough. Out. I'd have to go back through the comments, but again, Mendez's one is the, the remake pulled ahead because of the expanded law. If you go to his house and stuff, it's really even I can see that it's a really fascinating look into his life. Otherwise, he's probably one of the most faithful elements, isn't it? It's, it you know, I, I didn't find the boss fight that much different in the in, in the new game, apart apart from the kind of weird scripted he, stalker. He bit. does he does talk a lot more during the boss fight and. I think maybe that's what they're referring to. Uh, I think it is actually, Rob. Now, actually, you mentioned that. I think, yeah, it was specifically linked to the boss fight, yeah. I, I liked he was a bit more clerical. That, that worked Yeah, he seemed well like with... more like the leader he would be, yeah. Like a, mm. yeah, yeah, I get. I, I think that's where they went with that, especially in the boss fight. Sadler. This has to be... This has to be OG. I'm so this is this is this is where they they got they got Sadler a bit a bit too clerical, arguably, with this. I've written quite a bit with this one because there were so many comments because people really went into detail. OG won it by 51, so it's it's tied. OG said, I thought I thought OG Sadler would run away with this. People yeah. very much enjoyed him being an actual cult leader as opposed to, and I quote, an aloof con man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a vehicle, I actually agree. Those that the original did so for being far more memorable in presence and the back and forth between he and Leon in radio conversations and in cutscenes. Not one person said they prefer the original boss fight, however, citing the remake being much more grand and epic. It's yeah. close, but the OG edged it. No, I do I think, think they've made Sadler's are very... Uh, sorry, Sadler quite dull in the remake. Yeah. But uh, I, it, I, I just, it reflects... This is kind his, of... his, 
remake portrayal reflects the tone they're going for, so I can see I, to it. And this is the same thing I had with the Wesker thing in, in separate ways. Like I find him very generic villain mm. now, but some people like that, and I guess that really comes down to your to a taste and whether or not you feel like he was a little bit yeah like a like a, a preening con man as opposed to a clerical cult leader then yeah maybe you feel like this more stoic serious one is the, the better take i agree i think that's a really good point though because um, i'm sure john can correct me but i felt with the og law for sadler he very much was a con man that was kind of masquerading as you know oh you know he just happened to get chosen by a, a, a stronger plaga uses it, this uh, to kind of manipulate people to his whims under like he's a bit of a used car salesman in that regard like yes yeah or, or like license to kill chappy um, yeah. you know that, that that kind of thing whereas i think in this one i think he believes in the shit that he's spouting out and for me that didn't quite work as well because i think mendez mendez should be the the lackey who believes in it whereas i like i prefer sad just kind of being a power oh, wheel. Oh, oh. yeah he's manipulating belief for for wielding yeah, power yeah. which is what comes across in the i mean john will correct me if i'm wrong in this but that's what it came across to me in the og's lore is that the the, the townsfolk had certain beliefs and he was manipulating these beliefs into his power system as opposed to actually believing it in himself whereas there's like a whole family cult thing going on with his family and that have all been banished to the island and all that sort of stuff that seems to be playing in the remake yeah i don't think you're wrong i think um it's pretty evident in the original he's trying to trick people he tricks salazar he tricks the villagers into accepting the plaga like it's a cure for a disease so yeah uh, i agree with your assessment so i think that's personal take really how, how you prefer the client uh, how the um how the character goes yeah my disappointment with sander is that he didn't use the um those kind of like white dressed people uh you know he's kind of like you know minions i thought they were going to play an important role other than just being blown to bits but there you go whatever ada um, right so the next one's ada but I there, don't there know. two polls for ada okay there was a pre-separate ways one and a post-separate ways one so this is the pre-separate ways this is just based on her appearance in the main campaign but that's oh, harsh OG. because I think OG. But I think that's harsh because you've got the benefit of separate ways oh, in you hindsight. You say this, Nick, but you were the one pushing for this fucking podcast before separate ways was even out. That's true. <laughs> that's <laughs> done. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. I could. I'll hold my hands up. I think OG, John. Yes, it, by fifty-five percent, it was close. Close. Okay. In the end, four are fine to place, but people like the mystery, the extra layer. Uh, sorry, people who favoured four are did so because they like the mystery and the extra layer of betrayal she has against Wesker, as well as a far more grounded, realistic take on the sultry spy. People that chose OD, OG Ada did so because they find her appearance in the original absolutely iconic with the dress. Mm the performance, the voice acting and everything. So it's generally just down to how the iconography of the character, I think, is why this won. So, so much so that a wrestler wore it AW recently. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's the characters. Then we're into creatures. I'll just speed run these. Nov- Novistadors. <laughs> OG, 100%. Right. Yeah. Go on, Rob. No, I was going to say, that makes 100% sense to me. They're just <laughs> not much of a threat in the new one. I like the design, but they're not threat. Regenerators, 57% in favour of the remake. People, The main reason, people loved how the Iron Maiden worked. Yeah, no, I agree. That it wasn't actually a separate yeah. thing, the mutation. Garador's, 60% in favour of the remake. Because of the gameplay, the stealth gameplay. gameplay, really, people loved the fact that you could stealth them. Best part it of the game. It made more of a set piece. Yep, definitely. Locations, here we go. This is a big one, this. Yeah, yeah. The village itself as a location. And we incorporated everything from, like, its aesthetic and everything. 
the well let's OG. go through everyone let's go through everyone what okay. what you would say i i would say og, uh, OG. But why? Why, Nick? I don't know. That's Nick. the thing. That, that's the, I, I, I don't think I... answer I don't know. And I'm replaying the... You know, obviously, I'm replaying it at the moment. And I'm up to that point. I, and the, I, I never thought these words would come out of my mouth. I can't wait to get out of the village into the castle. And I hate the castle in the OG. That is the, the difference I have in OG and Remake. I quite, so I'll yeah, go OG... Even... You don't even like the original game that much, so... No, but the, I don't, I don't. But I really dislike the castle, and I didn't mind the village part. Because I still think it's the best opening level, if you know what I mean. Okay. But anyway, uh, I'll go... I think OG. John, what do you think? What do you think? I would said? personally vote OG, but I think the community would go with Remake. George? Um, for me, the original, it, it just felt more sinister. It kind of reminded me of old Hammer House of Horror. Um, Interesting. Felt, yeah, just, just more... I don't use the, we used the word before, grittier, but just kind of darker and more sinister. I've always felt far more in danger and and and, and uneasiness with the original than mm. Rob. Yeah, probably very similar to GT in that respect. I, 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 if I had to pick, I prefer the original, but there's an aesthetic thing to it, and I think the remake's done well. I just don't feel the same dread. God, Sean puts out of misery. OG, fifty-seven percent. Fifty-seven. Yes. The original village is cold, autumnal, sinister was a yeah. word, and just gave, gave you a greater sense of unease. The remake yep. is more alive and vibrant. Yeah, People felt, felt both had merit, but the OG did pull ahead slightly for these reasons. It's worth to mention that I saluted a couple of humorous picks, including, including someone who selected the mobile RE4 village, the Mercs 3D version, as well as Umbrella Corp. You scoundrels, you. Is what I've written here. The mobile version, it's fantastic. And yeah, you, you forget like it's you a guys and someone else. Was <laughs> that me? The fact that the you know the fact that people felt the need to put in humorous comments like that just tells you how iconic a location it is because it's featured in so many different areas of the series. You know, you John, don't you don't actually realise quite how much it's reappeared. The village. John's going Umbrella Corpse version. I'm sure. <laughs> the Umbrella Corpse version is very good. To be fair, <laughs> Castle. 70% remake. Damn straight. People favouring the remake castle did so, saying they felt it was a much more tangible, real location, removing many places that didn't make sense. Those that chose the original did so because they felt it had a sense of scope and scale that was missing in the remake. Through a much more realised sense of location, impressive visuals, and an all-round memorable no stupid roller coasters taking you to well no lava rooms oh yeah but i think we discussed this in separate ways didn't we were like when they were adding in mm. ada's part with the, the the sewers it just felt everything felt like it's almost like a best example is the haunting ground castle you felt that it was all kind of very much planned and structured and then they made the mm. game kind of around it whereas I, I i think a lot of effort went into getting that castle right because mainly because they probably had to to make it feel different from perhaps Castle Dimitrescu as well. They didn't want to just make it all I th- I mean, the original castle for me is just a, a long section of grey corridors that aren't terribly interesting, whereas I think, you know, the remake castle is one of the best, I think, yeah, the, the, in the game, to the, be honest. The bits that are memorable about the castle, they've also improved. Like, you yeah. know, you're... Yeah, yeah, and that's the other thing. Like the, the areas with particular floors or ritual spaces and all that sort of stuff are much more interesting to remake. Too. Yeah. And John mentioned this in his review. It's like reimagining like the mini good room in the castle as the wine cellar with the fog and the hallucinations is just absolutely genius. It actually turns it into a proper horror set piece. 
Mm. Yeah, I, 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 it's no surprise there to see the castle no. winning out, and and it, and it just you know it's one of those great examples that you know even for me who prefers the originals, I have to concede here that the castle in the remake is better in just about every conceivable way. I can't sit here and tell you that the, you know the original is better because because it's that would be a lie. You know the the remake castle is staggeringly good. Island sixty percent remake. Uh, I can understand it. I can understand I, uh, it. I would actually, I've actually caveated this though. I, I just two days ago before we recorded this, I've rewritten the summary here because I felt that I needed to clarify something. So I'll, I'll read it out as literally as I typed it the other day. The answer to this question has changed with the benefit of hindsight because although the remake Island won, some did choose the original because of the extra U3 fight and expanded sections with like laser hallways and stuff like that. We now know that separate ways cleverly included them, so you could say that the answers to this question are now compromised. That said, people did find the remake flowed better. A couple felt the sense of scale of the island was massively improved, with Lisner Mishiryu feeling it compared to Camp Omega from Ground Zeroes now. Yeah. Take his word on that. No, it's, it's a big open space. It's it's it, that you have a sense of scope of, of that island, and it is that's the case. The first thing you appear when you walk onto the remake island is you can see off into the distance the other part of the mm. island you will eventually get to. So I think it was handled very well. I mean, the, the by the time you get to the island, you're exhausted, or having spent hours in the castle, and then you're just kind of greeted with minigun after minigun, stun rod, stun rod, grenade, grenade, helicopter, and you're like, oh my god. Whereas I, I, I think the pacing of the island was a lot better. It was a bit more forgiving. You had a bit more time to, you know, to explore, and that worked well with the regenerator bit, which, you know, kind of flowed into that. And so I, I thought that's an easy win for the island, and certainly adding separate ways to the mix really cemented yeah. that for, for me. I mean, like when the poll was done, the few people who chose the original said because they didn't, you know, didn't appreciate the missing sections. But now we know they ended up in separate ways. So it, like that one's almost, to me, made void. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's just the nature of things, isn't it? So then we moved to um, separate ways as a, as a single campaign. We didn't we didn't break it down or anything like that. We just uh, broke down, it, we just literally classed it as DLC in itself. Remake won by 88%. It was no contest. From the impressive duration of the DLC, the return of missing elements from the main campaign cleverly reworked, a more prominent Wesker, it's safe to say separate ways, remake triumphants massively over the original, which a couple referred to the original as a glorified asset flip, which I get. A few mentioned separate ways remake as the best Resident Evil DLC we've ever had. Yep. I would agree. Some people, some some lost in nightmares fans will be uh, crying onto their desk right now. That's a fair call though, because the, this feels continuous and fitting to its source concept. Like it fits within the narrative very well. Whereas Lost in Nightmares is a great DLC, but it does feel artificially padded in order to make the story narrative extend. And you could have that narrative as a flashback and not need the gameplay, and it would still be, it would still function and play fine. Not surprised, yeah. So great, bring, great value. Bringing these quickly to a close. So Ada post separate ways, it it was brought down to fifty fifty. So remake Ada did pull back, but it wasn't enough to tip the scales. Interesting. One commenter did make a point of saying it's essentially even for them as the characters are too different now to call. Mm. Which is curious, okay, curious cool. comment that. Uh, Wesker, the character of Wesker. This shocked me. This one really did surprise me. Well, this is OG. where your well your comment there about Ada 
OGA'd mm. and remade being fundamentally different. I think that is very true for Wesker because of the intentions at this point in time. We're, we're basically dealing, we're not dealing with RE4 Wesker in Remake yeah. 4, we're dealing with RE5 Wesker. But it's interesting. Um, just just a tiny little comment on Ada. I find Ada one of the most alluring femme fatales in all video games. <laughs> in, 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 se- in, in separate way. No, I, I had moments. Down. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It, it was so, just the, the the appearance and the and the performance. I, I yeah. I was I was very invested. Remake Ada. <laughs> remake um remake four Ada. Okay, cool. I found cool. I, I I I found her very appealing. Let's put it she, that. She, she ticked some boxes for you, did she? Nick? She she yeah. did. She 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 fell into the similar Triller <laughs> second sister trap that I fell into with Fall, Star Wars Fallen Order. You know, they they start to get under my skin. These femme fatale type powerful females, and I almost feel you're revealing too much. Probably, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm expecting that that sound of that Batman unzipping sound effect. <laughs> Or the or the uh, saxophone I gave you in a recent podcast, GT, when you're yeah. like that. <laughs> um, that's the, that's oh, only, that that's... was great, by the way. Sorry, I... <laughs> yeah. Wesker OG seventy eight percent. Interesting. Inter- it was interesting. People that is interesting. Really, the 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 big the deal breaker was Wesker being on site. So many people said it just didn't feel believable that he would be on site, but generally so uninvolved. Preferred the mystery of him being a remote boss. Operating from the shadows, uh, he felt like he had more going on about him. His mystery. The, 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 people yeah, mentioned mystery. The word came this up a lot. Generic white villain with no mystery. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. He, just, he just came across as cl- cliched villain in the remake, which I, I'm actually shocked at because I think people were ready to embrace a new iteration of Wesker, and I know, and I've seen plenty of discourse of people that have and we we alluded to this in a previous episode the, the issues with the previous voice actor i think have have stained the character a little bit in some some people's yeah, eyes yeah. so yeah. so we'll just round up by saying that resident evil 4 the remake this is the only one of the three that did it of the re engine remakes that did it remake 4 polls won by 65 percent it's big it's that's a big win version of the game which which is what i expected personally I think, and let's... I think it's like what we were talking about before, that Remake 1 and Remake 4 are ones that fundamentally feel close enough to the originals with the correct amount of changes and improvements. So, so let me let me just do the final roundup then, which is the final big question was, which would you revisit more? Not factoring in any point of accessibility or anything. Imagine like the original and the remake are on your shelf now and you can play either one of your choosing. Which would you go for? Resident Evil 2, OG, 73%. Resident Evil 3, 87%. OG, wow. which was expected because it's a flawed remake. People just don't feel it, do they? But Remake 4, 55% would play the the remake over the original. There you go. So wow. One out of those three. I think you should send these results to Capcom. It'd be interesting to see what they think. <laughs> the thing is, that what what's interesting, and this is where we, the reflection can truly begin now we've got this out of the way, now that's the done with the polls, is that when Resident Evil 4 Remake was announced, we said in that podcast that this feels more in line with how Capcom approached the original remake, was that basically it was like, take that structure and that the game and just bolt on stuff. Because we pointed out straight away in, the, in that first trailer that the layout of the village is exactly the same. It's exactly the same. All they've done is just literally bolt on areas, and, and that's, that was the approach to the original remake. You could argue two and three 
didn't work as well was because they as gt said they reimagined it you know they, they are reimaginings more than they are remakes so does four succeed to you guys because it takes enough of that original game retains as much of it as it can i mean some of remake four is shot for shot the original that's the genius of it but it also pushes forward in so many bold and daring new directions i really did enjoy obviously you've picked up this point more than two and three shouldn't get it so much how it mirrored the original the remake but then it almost kind of subvert what your, your expectations because it was so like you say so short for short identical but then there would be like you say something else something something kind of additional so kind of that's why it felt more like a remake with extra dimension added onto it as opposed to a reimagining and i would be a lot more sympathetic to you know the remake that that that, that i say yeah has has you know kind of has more preached the original uh, with, with more sensitivity than perhaps the remakes of 2 and 3 did. Yeah, I think the key factor is it retained all of the original's content, even if it did remix a lot of it, whereas the previous remakes were criticised for cutting out complete areas from the original games. Yeah, I mean, like Stagler, just one you know glaring example. With... It's just, just something that blows up randomly, isn't it, in the, in, the RE, in the remake 3? But it's not just that. It's all well and good cutting content, but I think there's too much cut lore as well the the world building element certainly in remake 2 you know you just don't you just don't get it some of it you know some of those interactions and it's a bit of a shame yeah i mean it's interesting if how capcom would have approached remake 2 if they knew at the time this remake train was going to go as far as it has because i'm i'm sure when they started development on remake 2 they weren't anticipating doing resident evil 4 and beyond no no. So it'd be interesting to see if they'd take a different approach, if they could go back knowing they were going to potentially remake half the series. <laughs> that's that's a nice cut-in, actually, because we're getting towards the end, and but we want to kind of do a kind of like, what's the future and how's that going to look? But I think this is a good point where we can actually have um, our call-ins, because I, I, I've got a feeling they're going to encompass upon wider elements as well. So the first call-in comes in from CK Present. What's going on, RE Podcast? CK present here calling in to give you some thoughts on the canon issue, as you've come to call it, or really my thoughts on remake one, two, three, and four in a nice two to three minute condensed fashion. I think first and foremost, RE1 Remake is my favorite survival horror game of all time. It's in my top five video games of all time, and I remember playing it before ever playing or even knowing about the original on GameCube, I read in a Game Informer article that was talking about the game. I was just so mesmerized by it. And in fourth grade, I ended up getting it gifted to me. And I was much too young to really understand how to play a game like that or even come close to beating it. But it scared the shit out of me and forever made me a survival horror fan. So for me, that game is Resident Evil. It is, in many ways, the introduction to the series for me and will always be that way. Now, I was an Xbox kid, so I missed out on playing the uh, Resident Evil 2 OG, Resident Evil 3 OG, and really my next experience with uh, Resident Evil franchise was Code Veronica on the GameCube and then Resident Evil 4, which I honestly didn't really care for very much compared to what I had played of Code Veronica and RE1 Remake. So fast forward to much later in my life, I ended up playing RE5, loving the experience co-op, and that is what actually pulled me back into the franchise. And I started to explore these things, but I never got the chance to play 2 or 3 until the remakes. So in terms of headcanon and what the remakes did for me, they are really my only experience with the original source material in the original stories. Other than what I've come to know through listening to your podcast over the years, 
from looking at YouTube videos and specifically looking at speedruns for the older games. So it's sort of this weird situation for me where I would love so much for Sony and for Capcom or, you know, Capcom to work with Sony or Xbox or whatever to put out this classic collection somewhere for people to be able to experience these games on modern hardware. Specifically, your Dead Aim episode recently got me thinking how great it would be to be able to experience some of those other side games like Survivor and things like that in a way that's official and not with emulation. And ideally for me as a trophy hunter, I'd love to earn the platinum in those games because I have the platinum in RE1 through Village otherwise. So it's really interesting. Of course, there's varying qualities in the games. I think RE1 Remake and RE2 Remake stand as S-tier games for me in the franchise. RE3 Remake is slightly below that. And it's funny that I feel that way even having not played the original. I could just tell there was something not quite as special about that game. And RE4 Remake, I think, is really good. In fact, it made me appreciate the story, the setting, and the characters for that game much more so than the original. But I still think that, in many ways, RE4 represents a change in tonal shift for the franchise, much like Resident Evil Village does, that I'm not sure I can necessarily get behind in the long term. I'm very curious to see what Resident Evil 9 turns out to be. If rumors are true and it becomes something much bigger than maybe what we've seen before, I'm not really sure how I'm going to feel about that. I really love the claustrophobic experiences of RE1 Remake and RE7. And quite honestly, Resident Evil Zero, I think, is a fantastic game as well. And I know there's some people on the show who really love that game. George Trevor has a special spot for it. Shout out to you, brother. But yeah, that's really all I would say is that for me, the remakes are my ca- are my canon for the original storyline, which puts me in a very weird spot as a fan because... I feel like a poser to some extent, having not experienced those older games, even though I am 32 years old, I just miss them. And I don't know if I'll ever get to, given the current trajectory of Resident Evil and how Capcom is handling the franchise. So that's my thoughts for today. I hope you guys have a wonderful recording. Thanks for taking the call-ins, and take care. So thank you, CK Present, for that call. An interesting point. We haven't touched upon the the long-term canonicity. Didn't want to get too uh, in-depth over, over that, but he raises an interesting point. As a remake fan and someone who's only played the lore through the original remakes, he, he obviously goes by the remake lore. And this is what goes back to right at the beginning of the podcast, where we talk about how, how these remakes have really brought in new fans to the series and keeping older storylines at least on newer systems uh with with with, with modern games and uh, modern kind of controls and things like that i interesting though i found an interesting point though from kind of code veronica resonated with them more than four yet kind of found his way back to the series with resident evil 5 um mm. that's interesting it does just highlight how important preservation and accessibility is though doesn't it yeah i know people have had plenty to say about like the metal gear collection that's just been released recently but for all the technical issues that that collection has, there's a lot to be said for the fact that it just simply exists, you know. So, and I think we're at a point now where people would take remake, uh, Resident Evil 1 to 3, Survivor, uh, you know, Dead Aim, all, all in a collection with technical flaws just to say they could have them again. You know, oh, it's the 50 frames a second version. I'd be like, I don't care. Yeah. I can I can stream Dead Aim. <laughs> I can stream Survivor. Yeah, I think, you know, and I, and, and I, and I put up a post this week, today actually, about the, fa- the fact that, like, you know, Digital Foundry said the Metal Gear collections are hard avoid. And I said, you know, hard avoid's a bit strong to say that these games are now available for an entirely new generation of people. Mm. People came back to me saying, well, people can just emulate. And it's like, no, they can't. 
you know, to, to emulate recent Resident Evil games, and I say re when I say recent, I, I mean even things like the PS2 era games, you need a reasonable PC. You're not a massively expensive one, but you still need a reasonable PC, and you need the know-how. And you yes. know, not, every, not, every, not everybody wants to get into that. People just want to just select a game on their dashboard and play it on their PlayStation Five. Not go through emulator programs with BIOSes and ROMs, and you know, setting up the graphical settings to to match the. You know, people don't want that. People just want to be able to just pop a disc in their console or you know, buy a digital purchase and play a game. Capcom, I must say, for as much as what I throw them a lot of play of praise this year are falling short in terms of their preservation with the Resident Evil series. They're doing good in other areas. They're doing Mega Man collections and Street Fighter collections and <laughs> fighting game collections. But for some reason, Resident Evil just seems to fall short, and it's sad. And, and, and I do blame remakes for this, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, make no mistake that you know the reason why no one is playing Resident Evil 2 98 on their current machines is because the remake exists. Well, the next call in comes in from friend of the show, Death the Pursuer. So let's hear what he has to say. Hey everyone, it's been a while. Death the Pursuer here. I will start off by saying that when I first played the remakes of 2 and 3, I wasn't quite sure how to feel about them. As time passed, it was made very clear that the confliction lied upon how I felt about them as games and how I felt about them as remakes. Of course, I enjoyed them as games, but as remakes, not so much. So much so that I'd had an initial knee-jerk reaction and just placed them in their own little bubble away from the original games and timeline. Looking back on that, and with the release of Remake 4, that reaction has somewhat settled into my own overall opinion of them. For me, all of the RE Engine Resident Evil games share a common theme of feeling rather disjointed from the rest of the series. And that's weird to say considering that three of those games are remakes of older games, which should make you think that there'd be no issue with them fitting in with the rest of the series, but that just isn't the case for me. Look at it this way. The Resident Evil series is one big puzzle board. What you have is Capcom seemingly removing the pieces that are OG 2, 3, and 4 and trying to replace them with newer, similar pieces in Remake 2, 3, and 4. Remake 2 is a piece that at first glance is similar in shape to OG 2 but doesn't completely fit in place. Remake 3 doesn't match its original piece at all and Remake 4 comes the closest to matching the shape of the original piece even more so than Remake 2 and could possibly fit in place yet you can still tell that something is off about that piece. This leads me to the 2002 remake which to me can be used interchangeably with the original game to line up with all the other entries to follow and even OG 2 and 3. Which is why I could never really place O2 Remake with the RE Engine remakes, because they don't gel very well together. With that said, I can't help but look at and treat the remakes of 2, 3, and 4 as their own separate entity or timeline away from the other games in the series. If Capcom wants them to fit and or possibly replace the originals if that's the direction they're going, then a lot of clarification is needed and a lot of work needs to be done. What that all entails and if it could make an even bigger mess of things or not remains to be seen. I'll close with this. This is a topic that's going to be discussed time and again until we reach a definitive conclusion. But one thing that must be made clear is the fact that just because some of us are very critical about these remakes, two and three in particular, as remakes doesn't mean we are negatively critical of them as games as well. They are both very solid games. 
with Remake 2 possibly being the best modern RE and survival horror experience out there at the moment. So much so that you can clearly see its influence in most recent and upcoming AAA and indie horror titles. However, what influence it does not have is how a remake of a game should be done. That honor goes to the 2002 Resident Evil remake. Thank you, Def, for that call in. You've just summarized three hours worth of discussion in three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, my friend. Um, really interesting points. Um, I, I, I particularly like the overly complex but actually very accurate puzzle summary uh, analogy there. But it, um, I, I think that's a really good example. But Sean, I think you'll resonate quite well with that. I think it's pretty much um, kindred spirits is the phrase <laughs> I would use. Yeah. Inherently, I think what is a very good point there about the original 2002 remake is that I wish, yeah, I kind of wish that people were looking at that as the template on how to do a, a good remake now, even. Like, all well and good that there's a run of successful ones, but people should be looking, like, as financially successful, but critically people should be looking at them. But then that's an argument lost, too, because RE4 Remake critically has done quite well publicly mm. anyway. I, I, I put it, I put, we're I put it down. We're old and out of touch. We're old we're and old. out of touch. No, it's the children that are wrong. Um, <laughs> it, I, 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 put it, I put it down to the source it, because, and we'll, actually we'll come to this, because whether they do a remake of Remake, that will be, in, yeah, that'll be an interesting point. I thought it was a very interesting point. It resonated with me, Death, making that each remake individually within its own merits just felt disjointed from the overall series. And he didn't allude to this, but I presume he was saying he felt this more, not from a law disparity point of view, but for, in terms of gameplay, which is perhaps why, and I made this point earlier, he, 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 he had no issue with the 2002 remake. And I think, although it is a remake, it, unlike the, the, you know, the more recent remakes, 2, 3, and 4, it kept the original mechanics, the, the, the pre-rendered backdrops, you know, albeit looking so far more stunningly realised, um, and the fixed camera angles. So those tenets of survival horror, so that's perhaps why I think for me as well, I agree. He also makes the point, doesn't he, about the RE engine games, and I think you raised it earlier, Sean, that, that there's a definite feel to all the RE engine games, having mm. sort of a, a shiny feel. I think I think that is true. Yeah, a bit clear. I think that is true. Um, you, you could put all the RE engine games together and say, you know, as, as one package, and it goes through eras, isn't it? The series always goes through eras from the... Yeah. I, I, I'm not knocking the RE engine, though, before anybody no, jumps in no. comments, because I do think it's one of the finest game engines that has ever been been made because it's so so scalable it applies itself to different genres and and all sorts i think capcom have achieved wizardry here but it does share a specific look like you can almost point out an re engine game yes well thank you Jeff, for that our next calling comes in from jem mackie so let's uh, roll the tape hi lads so in terms of my thoughts on the remix of the package i'll start with some negatives before going positive and then maybe giving a glimmer of hope at the end I think sadly we all have to accept that the remakes are now canon and will forever have replaced the OG trilogy. On a purely marketing eShop level this is already the case, but culturally I think it's starting to become the case as well. Regardless of our views on Welcome to Raccoon City, it was really an adaption of RE2 Remake. I remember one of the early interview trailers and Roberts proudly exclaimed that Capcom had given him the actual design to the RPD. I and I'm sure many others therefore assumed it would be the 1998 RPD, but of course it was the 2019 RPD. I think like this, future RE titles will refer to the remake as canon. I think this has already started to happen to most gamers. 
context, we're in our late 20s, but for many of my friends, if you mention Resident Evil, the remakes that I go to Touchstone. And I think that may be the case for many other gamers. I think Capcom is beginning to assume this as well for future titles. In terms of actual game negatives, the only black mark is, of course, the rushed RE3. We cut content and a neutered nemesis. But I think with the return to form of RE4 remake, they've hopefully learned their lesson. So, positives. I think maybe contentiously, all the remakes improve in their originals in some ways. They're proper 21st century horror titles that can satisfy modern audiences in a way that maybe the OGs can't anymore. The Crimson Heads and Lisa Trevor in RE1, the proper roaming Mr. X in RE2, the presentation of the Hunters in RE3, the lighting and the weather of RE4. All those things I think actually improve on that atmosphere and really help modern audiences engage. They've also been made more accessible. We've got difficulties, we've got objectives, we've got improved graphics, we've got mini tutorials. The franchise will have gained legions of fans and I think that's always a good thing. I think another huge positive to the remakes has been, and we're mainly talking about RE2 in 2019 here, is it's caused a renaissance in survivor horror titles. I couldn't imagine the deluge of new titles since 2019 happening without RE2's success. We've got remakes of 3 and 4 and probably 5 now. We've got Dead Space coming back. We've got Silent Hill. We've got Alone in the Dark. We've got a wealth of indie titles like Daymare as well. I was a bit young for that initial horror explosion in the 90s, so I'm really thankful for the remakes for letting me fully experience this renaissance. So my final thoughts of optimism um, is all about Konami's Metal Gear collection coming out in the next year. They're simply the OG games for modern consoles. And I think if that sells well, it may push Capcom to decide that Resident Evil collection could also sell well. So essentially, let's hope for that. And despite the drawbacks, let's just enjoy that since the 2019 remake, Resident Evil feels like a world-leading gaming franchise, and it's a treat to be part of the fan base. Well, thank you, Jeb. Well, it sounds like we, we, we rehearse all this with the links to Metal Gear Solid. We really... <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, saying that, you know, how proud we are that it's Resident Evil that's like, you know, industry leading. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to count. I'm going to counter the Welcome to Raccoon City thing. There is mixed context in the background because, yeah, they went with the 2019 RPG entrance, but then they've got old school logo designs and there's like the this two shall pass graffiti you know and oh, yeah. some of the ammo cases are the original ones not the remake ones and yeah, there's a mixture i think the whoever did production design went depth on both og and remake designs and i think that's to just say just they went with the rpd of the uh the 2019 ones a bit a bit of a misnomer there is there's bits in that game uh, bits in that movie that were pulled from both original and remake games so I think you can say the same about the canon as well. I'm sure aesthetically any future titles will pull on the the look uh, of the remakes, but Infinite Darkness, for example, came out in 2021 after the remakes of 2 and 3, and yet Infinite Darkness retains Leon's backstory from the original Resident Evil 2, where he was late for his first day in Raccoon City as a cop, and that, that particular element was changed in Remake 2. He was told to stay away. So it was interesting that Infinite Darkness paid homage to the original in that respect. And I actually think any future titles, in terms of specific little details like that, I think they will stay true to the original games. But certainly aesthetically, it will be the remakes that will take forward into future games. 
it it does open an interesting conversation, which is that the more remakes there are made, the the more heightened chance there is to go down that path to follow a narrative more often that way, especially on an aesthetic basis. You're 100 right, John. But I think that's part and parcel. The more remakes you make, the more things that people are used to now. When you go to make something else, where, where's the line? Where does the line get drawn eventually? Where just out of pure numbers and, and context, people start taking the remakes as canon regardless because mm. regardless of what Capcom says, there is a there is a there is the concept of head canon, obviously, but also the way that you pr- process things. And if you've never played the originals and only played the remakes now, even though you know the remakes, inherently they are the only canon you know, and eventually when there's enough of them, they supplant canon regardless of what happens until said otherwise. So um, and this is what yeah, Fabian a, a hard one. I think this is what Fabiano was getting at, as going back to an earlier point from George about about that famous comment where they're both kind of canon. Capcom have been probably on purpose very silent over mm. the, the the specifics over which version is uh, quote unquote correct, and for the vast majority of the fandom, it it just doesn't matter necessarily because all the main points are there. Um, I think. It's been referred to almost like the Raccoon City incident is like campfire stories. You've got event versions and so forth. It only matters to a very small uh, you know, subsection of, of the community about, well, did Jill do this or did Jill do that? that and, type and, this of is, and this is where I was going to go with this point, Nick, is that it's a case where what happens more often, that means future games only speak more in vagaries. Yes. So you, like, you, you start becoming less specific and you only refer to things that are very obvious or con- consistent between whatever versions they are because you just let people assume their versions of events based on the various versions that, and, neither, and no one's wrong. But for, for people like John, that becomes very frustrating because no longer things are set in canon. That's where you start seeing less things that are dated, less things with information, less things that cross over that become more self-confined to the narrative of those games only and that becomes slightly more frustrating the longer it goes on and unfortunately that might be the byproduct of it we've seen something similar in the past with um i think there was a version of westcott's report video that used operation raccoon city footage i think if you know if they were to suddenly do a westcott's report three or whatnot and of course you're going to get remake two and three footage that would never be an indicator that that is specifically canon i'm i'm embraced for that it's the, when the sa- Doc, Dr. Bard gets mentioned in RE9. The same thing applies to the most recent film. The opening title sequence uses stuff from some of the remakes. Oh, yes, yes, but, for example, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, the, but as John alluded to, one of the previous animated films made reference to OG canon. So now these two things exist within narrative connection with each other, but... The OG, the, the using OG footage, you I understand from an aesthetic reason why you would use the more modern looking version for your opening titles. It, it's that's an aesthetic choice, but it doesn't necessarily speak on canon at all. It's just circumstance. But yeah, yeah it's it's a tough one. The other point uh, Jem raised, and I wanted to talk about that, um, is is the is the the overall impact and bringing new fans in and having that experience again. And we shouldn't negate that ability for people to come to the franchise through a new game like this and as it said re2 remakes has had a very similar impact to perhaps um what even i suppose what re4 did the original re4 did and it's this kind of linchpin of 
um, how to do modern horror games. Mm. I wouldn't just say that, but I mean, Re- Resident Evil as a genre cr- kicked off, you know, the survival horror genre of the 90s kicked off a massive surge of horror gaming titles, mm. much the same way. So I wouldn't even just say RE4, I would say the franchise as a whole. Like, there, there there's a whole sub-genre of Resident Evil-like PS1-era and PS2-era titles that are very much influenced from the idea of survival horror. And some of those come from other licenses. Some of those are originals. Some of those are taking older games and turning them into Resident Evil-like experiences. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you can play a... There's a, you know, there's a Evil Dead game that plays like a Resident Evil. There's a there's the Thing game on the PS2. So those are licensed games, but then you get original titles. I mean, other franchises that have been successful still came as competition. We're talking about like Silent Hill... Like, yeah, there is definitely, um, and, and they're 100% right in saying that it's the, these remakes and the resurgence of the franchise in the late 2010s has really pushed a new um, horror buzz, for sure. Right. Uh, thanks, Jem. Our final call-in um, comes in from friend of the show, Ploppy. Hello, Tim here, also known as Ploppy54, with my thoughts on remaking Resident Evil. And before I start, let me just put it out there on record that Resident Evil 2 and 3 remakes are brilliant games. Absolutely wonderful Resident Evil games. And if you haven't played them, you definitely should. But I have issues. The developers of Resident Evil 1 Remake understood the importance of preserving the atmospheric tension and pacing that defined the original game by enhancing the visuals and modernizing the gameplay while staying true to the original design, they created more of an immersive and nostalgic experience for players. The level of detail put into reimagining the mansion, the puzzles and the intricate level design demonstrated deep respect for the source material, adding new story elements that complemented the original story and adding a new layer to the already wonderful game. This allowed players to relive the horror of the Spencer Mansion in a way that felt both fresh for new players but also familiar for veterans. By focusing on what made the original great and enhancing it for the modern audience, the developers managed to deliver a remake that was truly faithful and enjoyable. So you can imagine my excitement for the remakes of 2 and 3, Resident Evil 2 being my favourite game from the original trilogy, and to see it being remade in modern technology was just what was needed to complement what had already been achieved with the first game. Certainly remaking Resident Evil 2 and 3 might have seemed like a good plan at first, however diving deeper it's evident that this decision wasn't as wise as it appeared. While updating graphics and gameplay can be exciting, these remakes missed the mark in some crucial aspects. Despite their visual enhancements and gameplay improvements, ultimately it fell short due to its lack of attention to detail. The tension and the atmosphere that were so integral to the original games were unfortunately diluted in the remakes. The pacing fell off, leading to moments of disconnect between the story beats and the gameplay. Locations had been cut or moved around, which would be perfectly okay for standalone titles such as Remake 1 or Resident Evil 4, but Resident Evil 2 and 3 have so much more feeding into the city. Changing these locations renders Outbreak obsolete. These two games expanded the world and made Raccoon City feel like a real place with other people trying to escape. It also breaks Resident Evil Zero, that had elements remade from the original Resident Evil 2. It used to be that we argued about a magic elevator and it could physically exist or which shed it might be because it has different numbers on it. Now we don't even know if Zero is in the same universe. In pursuit of modernisation, some of these unique charms of the originals got lost. The remakes lacked the distinctive flavour that made the original Resident Evil 2 and 3 so memorable. The narrative paths of character development suffered. 
changed and chopped, leaving players with more of a superficial experience. It's important to note that innovation should never come at the expense of core relevance that made the game beloved in the first place. Unfortunately, these remakes chose to prioritise the wrong aspects, resulting in a less cohesive and immersive experience for players. As for me, they don't exist in my headcanon. With the release of the Seamless HD project, it's been fun to return to the original Resident Evil, but the remake surpasses it. For Resident Evil 2 and 3, it's clear there was nothing more than lazy crash grabs, and so the originals take precedence. The remake of Resident Evil 1 serves as a shining example of how to successfully modernise a classic game while staying true to its roots. And if you don't have access to the seamless HD versions of 2 and 3, then by all means play the remakes. They will suffice. They are good Resident Evil games. They just should never have been Resident Evil remakes. Mm, quite a, a quite a damning assessment, I would say, there from Ploppy over the um, for the remakes. Uh, not 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 a big fan, head canon wise, which is which is fine. I, I love Ploppy's accent. I feel like I'm being told a, a nice story. <laughs> he says it calmly. Calmly, oh, it's just so calmly and relaxed. I could listen to that for hours. <laughs> I must admit, I do kind of wish Capcom had really pushed Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 as reimaginings rather than remakes. I think for the older fans in particular, I think that would have helped us accept them a bit better because I, I, I agree with where he's coming from. You know, Resident Evil 1 as a remake is. It works because, like a previous caller says, it can be interchangeable with the original, whereas Resident Evil 2 and 3. There's too many different things going on. They're much more of a reimagining rather than a straight-up remake. And I wish Capcom had maybe just done a bit more to market that fact, in my mm. opinion. He makes the point, though, doesn't he, that you know that they are all great games, but it, he, he's obviously got access and plays the Seamless HD project, which, um, if anyone's unaware, they are you know amazing fan HD upgrades, if you want to call it, of the of the original pre-rendered background. Sean, you've played them quite extensively. Uh, they are the, the, def the definitive way of playing the, the originals looking as best they can on modern screens. I, th I think that leads into a kind of like final points really and talking about their, you know, the remake's place in the, in, in, in the franchise and the benefits they've brought to series or even the disbenefits and how we can or where, where we're going to go going forward i mean rob you've already mentioned that there's going to be more it seems inevitable um perhaps mm. not perhaps not yet i see lots of clambering for co-veronica not exactly the most popular resident evil game um if sales figures are, are to anything to go off i think that's i think think that's a fair call though like well, we've talked about this before i think code veronica released at a time it released on a platform that was limited much like the gamecube yeah. It's PS3 release sold better than its GameCube version, but it was still early in the PS2's lifespan. It sold consistently well for what it was. I think people definitely pointed it as something that could be remade, and I think it would sell well as a remake. Because I think narratively people enjoyed it. I just don't think the gameplay kind of grabbed some people, and I definitely know that's the case for people like John and I. I don't. Well, I, I do wonder, though, I, and this, this, this goes back to the 25th anniversary artwork, of all things, I got the impression, and we've spoken about it before, that they were almost streamlining the series a little bit. With, with, I, with, with, I, I, I think it was just because they were all RE engine artwork titles. No, no, absolutely, which, I, I agree. Which, and... which, which really just came down to it. And, and technically, Code Veronica should be a mainline title. I think that's pretty obvious. It, it was, it, it was, it was technically the true sequel to two, and. It just was the platform and naming conventions that Capcom went through at the time. 
But that also impacted three, which wasn't supposed to be three. And that still goes on now. Like Village, technically, I don't think started as a plan to be eight. It just kind of went down those paths. So these things do happen. So yeah, it's not it's not possible. I think the outliers we've got is that a lot of people are obviously pointing that they're going to do five. And I think I think that's inevitable. And I think it's what I said, I can't remember if it was last episode or a couple of episodes ago, I, I don't think it's any more a case of like what they're going to remake. It's what water mm. they're going to remake. And, uh, and I think that encompasses things like Zero as well. And where they stop is the other question. Because I think at the point, if you remake Zero Code Veronica in five, do you, as you alluded to earlier, remake one again, but in a RE engine over the shoulder or do you continue down that trend and go, you know what, six wasn't very well received, but we think the core concept's still there, so you start remaking six. And that seems like that's that's a that's a task. Like to yeah. me, I think I think you've got questions to be asked about whether you even achieve that and what that is going to look like. And at that point you've remade all the mainline series up until the RE engine started. Yeah. And you're like, Well, what do you do now? Like you can't just keep remaking you've already at that point you've remade one game twice, you've re- remade a bunch of games a second time you know, from the original what do you do next and 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 that's the problem capcom's got to keep yeah. making, making as much as remaking content yeah i mean you know this this has come up on our discord a, f- a few times it's like you know i know john somewhat controversially i find has embraced the idea of like you know remaking resident evil 6 or whatever as an entirely different game in itself and i you know i'm against that obviously on a completely passionate level but i guess there's a there's potentially a hunger for it i just think we've reached a shifting point with the remake train now because we've done all the the sort of beloved titles now you know capcom have have had pressures where they've had to preserve the excellence of the original games whereas now we're shifting into territory where the original games are not so beloved Mm. i love how batman sorry i've got to he he leaves code veronica his list of beloved well code <laughs> veronica you know it, it's purely from a modernization point of view you know yeah yeah it's why not do code veronica it'll be i'll find it extremely odd if they leave code veronica out but i actually think remake fatigue is going to set in long before they remake all these games i think i think you know it might not seem like it now given the recent success of resident evil 4 but i think capcom have got one more remake in them before they'll start to come up in for a bit of criticism, I think. Is that going to be Code Veronica or 5? Who knows, who knows. (laughs) I I think that'll that'll be commercial and community criticism, I think. I agree, but the problem is we've got essentially two potential scenarios, right? So if they go for 5, there's going to be a bunch of people who are still like, why didn't you remake Code Veronica? So that means at the very least you're going to get another one after that, right? And then if it's Code Veronica, people are still going to want 5. So... Yeah, I, you, I fundamentally, I, I wish I could agree yeah, with you, John, you, you, but you I feel it. like it's two at the very least. Before no, you, you, you're missing something, guys. We're coming up to the 30th. There's, there's an over-the-shoulder remake of the Spencer Mansion incident coming up. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I think the scenario hasn't moved far enough. I think if they're going to do it, they're going to miss the 30-year mark, Sean. They'll, they'll miss it. I don't yeah, think so. But there's certainly a hunger to see that mansion in, in the RE engine. There is. Yeah, but it just doesn't. But I would say that, that pales compared to the other. That pales compared to those other two games. Five and Code Veronica are much more wanted than that too. You've got to. You've got to admit, admit that's the case too. I remember when we first discussed though. Code Veronica, I get it because it feels like a lost title. The fact that they've not ported the MT framework to the PC and stuff like that, I get it. 
I, I get there's the hunger for that. Do people really want a five remake? Like seriously? Yes. Like, I mean, I I don't. Let me caveat this. I don't. But if you look at the reaction after four and separate ways that have just come out, yes. But when you say you is, is that reaction coming from is that reaction coming from sort of you know individual Twitter accounts that are just kind of you know it, you know it's their their content creators for the sake of being content creators? Then no, this is coming from people right. responding to other content creators. Right. GT. And can I just that. make one quick? Can I just make one quick point yeah, in terms? Yeah. Of, this reminds me of when John, when we were first discussing the remake of two, and 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 I remember Batman and maybe other concerns were how the atm- I don't want to speak for you, John. So correct me if I'm wrong. The, the atmosphere. And, you know, of the original, how that could be translated. And I just, and when we've seen fan-made projects, which now with the engines that you know, are available to, to, to fans, they're going to be no different, really, from, from what Capcom are doing. We've seen the, 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 the fan-made builds of the Spencer Mansion in that perspective, and it just lacks, it just doesn't have any of, of the atmosphere of the original at all. Yeah, I think the unique setting of the mansion definitely lends itself to the static cameras. Yeah. Um, and it would it would definitely lose something, in my opinion. I agree with you there, George. But what I do think it worked really well for Resident Evil 2 uh, because it's a much more open environment. But, yeah, the confines of the mansion I don't think would work in, in third person. And just the use of that engine and how fluid it is that would have to massively expand the length of the game. Oh, yeah. um, and, and I think the original length, as it is now, is pretty much perfect. And as we've established too, lots of people even now seemingly still think that that original 2002 remake is a pretty damn good remake, even better than these even later remakes, even if they enjoyed them. Mm. So it makes it a, a, another remake of this a very tough sell, and I think that could be the breaking point. If they announce that and they don't get it right somehow, that's where people are going to really be put off the remake train. I'm highly thinking, I was thinking the same thing Sean was suggesting, that maybe you know, you're coming up for a 20, March 2026, but I think that they haven't planned that in much like they didn't plan the success train of Resident Evil 2. It took them years to get Resident Evil 2 remake done because they didn't know, they went through different ideas, and when they got there, and then we've raced through these very quickly, and I think that they're they're trying to be very cautious about how many of these they put out for that same reason, that they know there's a a risk of fatigue, and especially now that the industry is starting to also, Alone in the Dark, Silent Hill, like all these other remakes, as Dead Space, all these other ones have come out or on their way out. I just, I think, I think the 30th anniversary is when we might finally get this this classic collection. I think that would be the perfect time. I wanted to make one quick point about Resident Evil 5 remake. From what I've read on various discords and forums and whatnot, the main reason people want Resident Evil 5 remake seems to be this continuation of Chris and Wesker. Mm. So my question is, if Wesker was still alive in the universe as it stands now, would we still want this Resident Evil 5 remake if Chris and Wesker could potentially? carry on that battle in Resident Evil 9. I, I think that's the crux of it, isn't it? And it's the same thing, I have to admit, we, well, I've definitely said before, and I think you guys have also said or agreed to, which is that when we got, when, when Wesker died at the end of 5, we, we, we changed the narrative where every other game had, you know, I don't want to say villain of the week, but that's kind of the best way to describe it, you know, that yeah. there's never been a mainstay villain. And that's where I think, John, you're not, perhaps wrong about like if you go into remake five you change the end and then six becomes an entirely different game but at that point you've got to really say then that this canon has changed and the narrative has changed if you go down that path oh yeah you have a you have a branch at that point that that's a full that's a full shift but but resident evil six people well not everyone but people a lot of people didn't like it they didn't like the gameplay i can't think of anyone who really really likes the storyline so why would you remake it 
and and yeah. not fix not fix those issues. You know, it's a bigger it's a bigger question though with remakes. It's all well and good. You know, it's a bit like Ian Malcolm, isn't it? It's you could you could do this. Whether you should is a uh, is a very different question. If you're going to do a remake, I, I I need to know why you're doing it. And I think when, for example, when Remake Four was announced, I think we all collectively went, "Ooh, really?" Because it's it felt it felt at the time a bit of a cash grab. But I think I think as 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 Sean, your polls have shown, it's gone down really really well in the in mm. the community in the community. So it, it can be done. But as John says, we are now very much in the territory of games that aren't as well liked objectively. Yeah. I would say so. But, you know, it, it, I think Code Veronica is probably the last one where people will be going. Well, we can update the third person. I don't think, for example, I I can never see them remaking Zero. Because no one likes it. Sorry, George. In that <laughs> no, we had a call in. We had a call in. <laughs> but that's but that's the thing. I think that's where John's one hundred percent right. Where now you have this opportunity to, to take the core concept of that game and completely remodel mm. it as a remake, and then it's so it's a bit of a it's a bit of. I think Coveronica will hew directly in its narrative, closely in, in yeah, locations, yeah. closely to the original, and with some changes. I think it'll be much closer to say level of RE four than it is to say Resident Evil 3 but Zero you've got the opportunity to you usually have the train set up and the Bravo team thing and then from there you can take that story wherever you want as long as Rebecca ends up at the mansion at the end mm. and and the technology is there to now actually do it like I, I think that's it I, there's always that possibility and and same with 5 like 5 can be whatever in theory they can sit in Africa and completely change the, the style to it as long as all the beats register oh. true a word that Batman's used before to describe the original um, Code Veronica, I think, was bland. And I'm just so worried that, you know, mm. if they had to remake Code Veronica mm. in today's, um, let's say, you know, in, in, in today's uh, far more uh, open-minded and progressive world, I just worry that what would have to drip from Code Veronica, we would just get such a vanilla, bland version of the original. Yeah. Oh, they'd have, they'd have to approach it carefully. Absolutely. Yeah. That's especially a bad thing. I'm not, not criticising yeah. that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that's... No, no, no. Code Veronica is though, doesn't it? That that is unique to that game. I just, I'm. I, Final thoughts, Sean. You can you can finish that. You can finish. I, no, because I don't want my thought. I don't want my thoughts to be the final thoughts. But I just wanted to sort of say that, like for me, legacy and archiving is ridiculously important. And I've banged on about this so much with that. You know, the the aforementioned Metal Gear collection and everything. For me, I I love a legacy. I love seeing a journey, and I love seeing the missteps. I love seeing the mistakes. And to me, I appreciate the whole journey. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm gifted in somewhat that, like, if I play an old game, I don't have the the issues of oh, I, I don't know how to play this because because it, it controls different. Give me a couple of minutes on any game, and I can rewind my brain back to appreciate the controls, all the visuals. I could, I could put a, a Spectrum or an Amstrad game on, Commodore 64 game on now, and my mind rewinds back and appreciates that at the time that this was made, this was probably really good. And I appreciate some people can't do that. But with I Resident Evil, I feel like legacy is important. We don't get a Resident Evil 7 until you've had a Resident Evil 6. And what I don't want remakes to do is erase that legacy. And I, I, I totally get the understanding of retelling a story and maybe doing it better or whatever. But I actually sometimes like to see the timeline play out before me where we tripped up here. And, bec and because of that step, we then get this. 
which is Resident Evil 7. And I know that didn't work for everybody. I just I just don't like erasure. I hate it. I, fi- I, find, I, f- I just find the concept redundant to me. George Lucas said it best, that nothing is ever finished, it's just released. And I, and I, and I, I love that. I love that. That, that phrase, mm. once something is out there, it should be consumed for what it is. He's since revised that in a sense because he himself has gone back and tried to do things again. But well, that's kind of the same concept, isn't it? It's never finished, yeah. so he went back and tried to finish more of it. That's <laughs> yeah, uh, but, but I, I, for me, as, as someone who has studied and most of my life appreciated art forms and whatnot, I like that you know, I like the missteps just as much as the successes sometimes, and and you know. Even even in the most dour hours of Resident Evil, I've always found merit, you know, even in things like Resident Evil 6. And I just don't want to see that gone in favour of just pleasing modern fans because they want twin sticks controls. It's like, I think... you know, what I was going to say earlier, the conversation's moved on since then, but I'll, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not wanting to revisit this, so it's just a, a hypothetical sort of thing. But what I was going to say earlier was, imagine, like, the five of us are Capcom execs and we're sat around a boardroom and, you know, Resident Evil 5 remakes up for, you know, potential production. What's the one thing you would actually, you know, pitch to improve that would get this greenlit? And beyond twin stick controls and changing the voice actor to Wesker, I can't think I'd I'd improve a single thing in 5. I, I still love it for what it is. I dearly, dearly love that game. Yeah, I I want I want an answer to the BSAA cliffhanger in Village rather than having that answer delayed for five years for the sake of going through a slightly prettier version of Kijuju with slightly better controls. Apart from the Resident Evil Five, I just want to say everything Stars just said was magnificent. But you know, joking aside about the legacy and 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 where Capcom have fallen short because you i think i mean to kind of end our reflections uh to kind of discussion i think you know remakes have done an incredible job at keeping the series quite fresh and you know for newer fans certainly giving wider coverage you know i don't think just as on a commercial point of view i don't think we've seen more merchandise in this period of time in the entire series you know but things like that are important for like capcom and the money makers and things like that you know if people are buying the new stuff you know then um you know that that helps helps the bottom line doesn't it so i mean i mean that's the thing to also say about these remakes is that they have been financially successful yeah like even even when three has not done well it's still in the i think it's in the top five hang on let me double check this before i sorry top 10 it is still number nine of the all-time top sellers currently 7.6 million units that can't be underestimated you know it, it just in terms of what you know what what it does and you know it puts it puts the game on the map it keeps people focused on series and that brings in new fans which brings in more revenue which is ultimately this you know capcom is a business i just think you know listening to what everyone said choice is so important and 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 game preservation is important i don't think we would have as many issues with the remakes if the originals were still being actively available promoted and oh we've got a a new collection coming out i I almost want to say we probably wouldn't have as much issues with the remakes if there was an if there was just a like an honest narrative reset. I know that sounds horrible, and especially if John's probably having a, a fit right now thinking about the idea of it. But if they had just come out and said these are the new canon, and we just had to accept that, that also we would we would make our peace with it, or we wouldn't. And oh, we, we wouldn't. wouldn't, <laughs> we, wouldn't we, we wouldn't be here. So you know, but that would be the decision to be made. Well, um, I, I mean, you know, Star Wars 
podcasts and fan sites have still existed after the legacy canon got binned. So it would just be and that's what I mean. That's that's exactly what I mean. Like you either accept it and move on, or you don't accept it and you never give up on it. And that's yeah. that's the choice. But I think for that, that proves that it can be done. But I, mean, I think Capcom's playing both sides sensibly because there's no reason not to at this stage. This stage, maybe, yes. maybe we should throw the final words back to you, Nick, because oh, obviously, you know, just to not not to caveat this too much because we need to wrap this up. But you know, Nick, you are a modern Star Wars fan, mm. so you have come into that fandom knowing that an entire canon has essentially been erased to pave mm. the way for your enjoyment of the the you know the new Disney led canon. So how is that different? And and this, you're a great person to ask this to. How is that different for you than Capcom erasing the OGs in favour of the remakes? Uh, Arguably not. No difference at all. But you're happy to see the legacy Star Wars canon go in favour of the newer. Oh, it was purely selfishness. I I started to get some of the books and I I looked at the timeline in a Legends novel um, because there's always one in the books. I said, no! Uh, Even now, if if you pick up a book now and looked you know, and actually look on website just how much stuff there is, you'd be probably put off just by the sheer volume of how much there is. But So if Disney bought Resident Evil and erased the original canon in favour of the remake, would you just have for to... A simplified yeah. For a simplified reason. For the same reason, to simplify, yeah, so, um, you know, people don't know, Disney just said, nothing's ca- the only thing that's canon are the six films and the Clone Wars and then we're starting mm. again. Yeah, if they did that and said... Which I, I think Capcom are secretly doing anyway. I think they're yeah. going to say the, the only thing that's getting that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the only thing they will consider canon going forward will be the numbered titles, which is why I was somewhat questioning Code Veronica's inclusion in a remake. But that's neither here nor there. So basically, um, canon is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, and even today in the Star Wars community, there are people that will every new disney release whether it be a comic or a mandalorian or whatever they there's something called the one canon and they will still put it in to the new canon with diverging paths and whatnot just for their own peace of mind you know they they still want the legend stuff to be relevant which is getting more and more complicated now that the new canon starts pinching bits and pieces from the old canon characters and situationals reshaping them and new things it's messy yeah i think in answer to the question that we kind of raised at the beginning does it really matter about the canon um i think as the games go on it probably doesn't and it'll only be left to smaller outlets to really dissect them to a point so we'll see on the internet the nerds (laughs) on the internet absolutely as long as you know the the games remain of high quality. It would bother me if they did a reset like that. But listening to what like Jem, for example, he said he came in only on the remakes, and that's allowed him the, that gateway in. Um, and mm-hmm. we should we should not underestimate that long term importance. So that does, I think, that's a that's been a mammoth podcast. That does kind of conclude our remake reflections. We hope everyone has enjoyed it. Um, the, the aim of it really was just to have a, that that final chat about remakes we don't envisage there being any more remakes for a while fingers crossed no. and <laughs> it will it will please everyone to know that we have made a collective decision behind the scenes to rest remake chat for a while now yes yes <laughs> i think everyone should have at least appreciate that you know we've had a good discussion on the pros and the cons and really dissected and those polls were really helpful so thank you sean for that with that we now uh, look to wrap up the podcast with this podcast edition of neptune's Biohazard Quiz! Do you know your G-Virus from your C-Virus? 
and your Jabberwock from your Bandersnatch? Or perhaps the number of bombs that appear on the Made in Heaven vest? What the fuck? fucking question is that? I'm getting a big fatty eye this week. Yeah, I'm not going to get any of these. We've talked about the games straying too far from the origins. This Resident Evil quiz. We're now getting Spice Girls as the correct answer. I mean, it's time to quit. This is Neptune Biohazard Quiz. I'm very excited, ladies and gentlemen, about this quiz. It is a remake-themed quiz, so it's a little bit different to our um, our, our usual podcast quiz. So if you can clear your desktop, we can open up Notepad. What we're going to do, folks, is very simple. The answers are either OG or remake. Okay, so they're your answers. I've just told you the answers to all five questions. So um, all you have to do... I like this, Nick. I like it. (laughs) You have a 50% chance of of success. So, for example, if I was to say uh, the scrapbook from Resident Evil... I'd say um, OG. You'd say OG, and you'd get the point. That's it. That's it. It's it's just in the OG. So, in what what universe or what title... This is brilliant. (laughs) so good at this. There's some praise for him in the quiz. I will will take (laughs) him. It's ah. just going to be downhill from here. We work him to bits, but he's fucking good, isn't he? Let's be honest. <laughs> it's not that simple, though, as a scrapbook. It's a little bit more tricky. So, it... thinking caps on. Question number one: Is it OG or is it remake? The image slides that you get in the mansion incident. The, sorry, the image slides. <laughs> I knew you were gonna. I know it's, it's hard because it's not a question, though. This is the problem. Though. So the image slides. That come in a red and white cover. Is that OG or is that remake? It was really easy that question. So you got to the last bit at the end. There. <laughs> that is evil, Nick. It is evil. Yeah. So the image slides have a red and white cover. Is that the OG or is that the remake? Yeah, that's a bit too anal for me. <laughs> <laughs> question number two. Rebecca's basketball photo showing her holding the ball. Is that OG or is that remake? (laughs) Question number three. Patients are admitted to a hospital on September the 10th, suffering from gangrene and a slowly deteriorating mind. Is that OG or is that remake? Question number four. The Elegant Bangle, OG or remake? And finally, question number five. Which version said this? You got a smoke? Got gum? Is that OG or is that remake? So they're the five scenarios. Let's see how well everyone has done. So question number one was talking about the image slides that come either in a red and white cover. In one game, they're red and white. And in one game, they're blue and white. So remake or OG? Batman. OG. Mm. OG. George Trevor. We're talking about the cover they come in. Yeah. Uh, I'm certain it's red. I don't recall blue at all. 
Uh, I'm definitely going OG. You're going OG? Rombi? I'm going remake. Okay. Oh no, sorry, shit, this is for, sorry, the, the Res, sorry, Resident Evil remake, sorry, 2002, it's the GameCube 2002, sorry. Changing your answer? Yeah, yeah no, I was thinking, yeah, I'm thinking about the modern remake, sorry, I forget it was so long ago, 2002, no. Oh, I'm changing seeing... my answer as well. Yeah. I'm joking, I'm joking. Oh. <laughs> no, this is either whether it's 96 or 2002, Yeah, 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 yeah. At the very end, at the very end, George, you've understood the concept of the remake. Yeah, no. I mean, if, like, listen, <laughs> if I'm going against... Have been asked. I'm clearly confident because I'm going against what Batman said, but I'm I'm certain. Okay, start starting. I went OG, but now you're all making me fucking doubt myself because the, the, the changing conditions of this quiz on a weekly basis is just unbelievable. <laughs> Points to George Trevor and Romby. It is... Oh. Yeah, remake. Honestly, John, I feel robbed here. This is unbelievable. I oh, know. Fucking what? Remake Why? this quiz. <laughs> yeah, I'm, the... I'm not apologizing. I gave my answers what it was. Yeah. The red and white cover is from the remake. Right. Question number two Rebecca's basketball photo showing her holding the ball. Is that remake or is that OG? George Trevor, we'll start with you. I'm certain it's the original. When you when you search Wesker's desk fifty times, I'm looking yep. at it now. She's holding it. Well, don't look I'm, at it. That defeats. No, no. I mean, in my mind, in my head, <laughs> in my mind, I'm looking at. She's holding the ball. I'm sure, but every time I'm sure, I get it wrong. But I'm sure it, it's the original. Ladies and gentlemen, here's George admitting he was looking at it. No, it's the original. It's got to be. I going just, for... Where else would the ball be in the original? I've seen that photo so many times. It's the original. Okay, Batman. Well, I'm confidently going with the original based on what's just been said. <laughs> Stars turn. I'm just waiting for the JPEG to load on my 50 <laughs> modem. Um, it's just so you're, you're, you're here. Yeah, yeah, it's OG. Thank you, Nick. I'm on 40 presses. Just one minute. Ten more times. Ten more times. Yes, it's. Hey, so stars, you're going OG, are you? Hang on, hang on. Yeah, 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 OG. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are we annoyed? Is there suspicion being aroused? Not because I changed my question in the first one. No, because you said you're looking at it. I'm looking at no, it. I know, I I know, I was, no, no, in my mind. So. <laughs> uh-huh. Rombie, what are you OG. going for? OG. It is OG. No, Points no. all round. Well done, yes. In the in the remake, I think she's sitting on it, isn't she? Well, I can't I was going to say, where is it in the remake? Legs, yeah. The same photos hidden in Whisker's office in the remake. The the remake image is rubbish. It's just a yeah. mock up. It's just a re edit of like zero art. It's rubbish. I wrote this quiz a while ago, holding. so I can't remember. Right, question number three. This is from a file. Um, so patients are admitted to a hospital on September the 10th, suffering from gangrene and a slowly deteriorating mind. So does that come from an OG file or a remake file? Rombi. Start with you. Uh, I I win remake file. Remake. Star Stone? Kevin Ford. <laughs> <laughs> so what was that? Sorry? OG. You went OG. George Trevor? I had no idea, but I was looking for clues in the style of the writing and just a deteriorating mind that just really feels like something that would have been written in. So I'm, I'm going OG based on that. Batman probably knows the file. Yeah, it's the hospital director's diary from the OG. Is... From the OG Resident Evil 3, very good. Though sadly, Ron B missed up there. That's all right. Question number four. The elegant oh, sorry. Can I change? Can I change my answer now? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yeah, Question number four. Was the elegant bangle treasure item OG or remake? Batman? Oh, well, like, elegant seems to be a word much more associated with the remake, so I'm going to guess remake. Starstone? Remake. Ron B? Uh, 
I still don't know. Uh, remake. I don't fucking know. Just Trevor. I'm, I'm going to go against everyone else because I was thinking the same th- um, line as Batman, the wording elegant. I, I associated that with the original. Okay. Stay with what I was initially so thinking. Gonna... When... OG. It's remake four. It is the remake, I'm afraid. So points to everyone bar GT. So this makes, I'll have to say, I don't think this has ever happened. Going into question five, everyone is on three points. <laughs> This is exciting, isn't it? Right. <laughs> you best get a tiebreaker ready, Nick. Oh, well, well, I don't know, maybe. Question number five was, in which version was this said? You gotta smoke, got gum. Was that OG or was that remake? George, you can do the honours. I'm certain this is remake because it really jarred with remake. Rombi? Mm, I'm going with OG. Star Staron? I know for a fact OG. Batman? Yeah, it's 100% OG. Oh. I, can hear, I can hear Paul Mercier. Mercier. Is OG Resident Evil 4? Oh, I even had the wrong person. I thought it was Louis <laughs> saying it. No, it's, oh, it's, it's Leon who says it. God gum. Oh, shit. When he opens it up, I thought you said is, is it during the chain sequence? It's when he gets him out of the, uh, the wardrobe. Louis has yeah, got yeah, smart. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, I thought it was, it was after. Leon, thought Louis, yeah. I thought Louis said it to Leon when he comes out of the Yeah, it is. Louis asks for a smoke, but Leon says he's got gum. Oh. And then the big oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. So, what a high scoring quiz, uh, indeed. With this, three time winners now, throw three uh, three winners of Batman, Star Siren, and Rombi with an impressive four out of five. You know your OGs and remakes. Congratulations. You're not going to tie break. I don't have a tie break. No, I, I'm oh, amazed yeah. anyone got four. <laughs> so, three wow, time wow, winners. Wow. So, unlucky George, but still an impressive three out of five. But that was three more than I thought I was going to get. Yeah. There we go. So uh, that's it. Uh, that does conclude this podcast edition of Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. Join us next time where we'll have some more questions. <laughs> We are rapidly coming to the end of our Remake Reflections podcast. We hope everyone has enjoyed it, as we've said earlier. Uh, coming up next, well, pending unless something is announced, which you can never be sure of, Capcom, we the are doing... Remake Code Monica. <laughs> yeah, but no, I like just after we say, no more Remake Talk. <laughs> yeah, our next episode. Resident I knew Evil there was another remake. I knew there was another piece of news I completely forgot. <laughs> there, you know, there literally was, I'm not kidding. I was trying to remember what it was that I read oh, the God. other day. Seriously. <clears throat> read this. We published five days. Capcom plans to release unannounced major title in early 2024. And it's during an IR presentation. It notes that there's a mysterious title that's supposed to be released by 2024. Released or announced? No, released. Dino Well, that's what they're saying. They're saying this announcement is like about lively conversation about the game. It's on Reddit. Players ponder the net anticipation with Monster Hunter or Dino Crisis, a Revelations 3 or other Resident Evil spin-off, another Dead Rising or a new game. It'll be, it'll be Street Fighter something or other. Anyway, uh, coming up next, we are going to be going back to Resident Evil 5, but an interesting look at where the series went from Resident Evil 5 all the way up to Resident Evil 7, so that War on Terror era, if you want to call it that, post-Albert Wesker. So we're going to be looking at a lot of the games as kind of overview of the games and just really getting to grips with where the series went in terms of individual storylines, but trying to get a kind of overall overall picture as well. So this was something, Batman, you wanted to kind of really touch upon, because it's, it's a bit of a, not to say forgotten era of the of the universe it's just because it's very bitty isn't it there's lots of little smaller storylines and you wanted to try and bring it all together yeah i mean 
it's certainly the the point where the storyline becomes a bit disconnected and a lot of people did start to lose a little bit of interest because a lot of the connective tissue with the likes of Wesker and Spencer were gone. So it's just a bit of a refresher, really, and we can maybe analyse, you know, where the story has gone wrong in some respects. But trying to bring out... There's some good hidden gems in there. I'm thinking a lot of the manga as well. Um, Oh, yeah, there's a lot of really good world building in there. Yeah. So that's to look forward to, hopefully, before the, uh, before the end of the year. We may split that podcast into two, actually, may do, depending on how far we get up to in that analysis and what storylines we cover. So uh, that could be something um, that will be over a few episodes. So I'd like to thank everyone for listening. We hope you've enjoyed it. And it's goodbye from me, Neptune. Goodbye from me, Batman. Goodbye from me, Stars Tyrant. Goodbye from me, George Trevor. And goodbye from me, Robin. There's two sides to every story with the defeat.